Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Basketball Podcast, online at inthisleague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud today. Now, here's your host, Bogman and the Welsh. And welcome in to the In This League Fantasy Basketball Podcast, where we got 99 problems, but this episode ain't one. It is episode 99, so close to the triple digits of the ITL Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm the Welsh, who you can find on Twitter at is it the Welsh? That's Scott Bogman, who you can find on Twitter at Bogman Sports. 99 episodes, all up in your fantasy ass, repping fantasy basketball hard in the third year. Bogman, NBA players, more than one, have wore the number 99. Any, you got any off the top of your head? Um, I, I just like every weird number I feel like Dennis Rodman wore. Yeah, you, but I know you that's wore, not true. You wore 91, like Rodman wore like 73. That's what it was. I yeah, do have, yeah. a, I do have a current player for you. Um, okay. Bay Crowder. Bay, I knew that. Yeah, yeah okay. Bay, Bay Crowder, Crowder wearing 99. Right. I looked, uh, George Mikan apparently wore number 99. Okay. That's one All for right. you. And, um, Maybe other people that I don't know because the interwebs <laughs> makes it too difficult. Every because you know if you ever type this in because I don't know if any of you actually like when we do this on different you know <laughs> podcasts where we do the jersey relative to the episode. I feel like we learned something. If you go though, every time the internet's like, here's a page by page breakdown of players by their jersey, and I'm just like, nah, I just can I get to 99? And it's like, nope, you need to go through every page, and I'm like, well. Okay, this is the player that's now dedicated to the episode because I don't want to go through Well, this is it. I mean, you know, nobody wore number 100, so... This, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Bay Crowder. Hope you enjoyed that bit. <laughs> <laughs> How appropriate. Well, we could start over at one, I suppose, if we wanted to. Double zero. We should do double zero for 100, Bogman. I think George Murison wore double zero or Greg Ostertag or one of those big... Greg Ostertag, 100%. I felt like George Murison wore 90. Let's look. George... Oh, f- how do you spell his freaking name? Yeah, I think it's just M U R E S A N. Uh, I think I might have spelled that right. Uh, seventy-seven. George Mirasan was someone. Someone, as we said, that was like, "Come on, you schmoes!" It was seventy-seven. Right. Right. Yeah. Some double-digit number, but regardless, uh, it's episode ninety-nine. So close to hitting the one hundred mark on the fantasy basketball side, and we got a great episode for you as we are going to talk about week three with uh, who's become one of our good buddies, Aaron Bruski, over at Hoopball, who won uh, Basketball Writer of the Year, formerly with uh, Roto World. He covers the Kings. He's kind of done everything and does everything, and uh, hoop-ball.com is his website. They've got a great, great setup going on, a bunch of really good writers, good podcasters. You just did uh, Dan Brespis' podcast over there. He's uh, NBA Fantasy Today, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. We went over the games for... Tuesday night, kind of broke them all down, what we wanted to see, and uh, Serge Ibaka still sucks. So Serge Ibaka is the worst. Dead guy. I agree. Yeah. Doesn't wear number 99, though. I, I don't know what his problem is. 99 yeah, problems, and it's all Serge Ibaka. 
I tell you what, uh, Aaron Bruce, Aaron Bruschi has uh, one of those 99 problems. I don't know if you saw, but some, uh, I think it was a, a newspaper article came out and said that, uh, the owner of the Kings has all of the Kings bloggers in his pocket. I swear he pays them or something like that. And Bruschi Ooh. retweeted and was like, yeah, if you're going to print this, you're just dense. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're up. Uh, you talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded. Oh, you know? let's talk about that. Let's talk about it with Bruschi. Let's get to the <laughs> – don't the don't the Kings owners, don't they own a bunch of casinos? Isn't it the two guys? Uh, I don't know. I know Shaq is like a minority owner because they, they made a big deal of him calling, you know, Sacramento the Queens when he was uh, with the Lakers. Mm. And uh, and there was an interview. He's like, are they still the Queens? Is it Queens? He's like, no, no, they're not. They're the Kings. <laughs> He's like, no, uh, I own part of it. So all right, I, right. I shacktized exactly. it. I got my shacktize on it. Uh, <laughs> but we've got Aaron Bruski who we're going to talk about some week three stuff. Cover that. That'll be interesting. Be like, so, so Aaron, how much are you getting paid? apparently, because you guys are all in the back pocket. I don't think so. Brewski's pretty, uh, if you follow him on Twitter and you follow the King stuff, he doesn't hold back. So I would say that's a that's an asinine comment, but we'll ask him. And this episode, by the way, is brought to you by our good buddies over at No Halftime. Go check them out at NoHalftime.com. You can download the app on the Google Play or Apple Store for whichever device you have. And it's player versus player matchups. There's amazing matchups that are waiting for you to happen. There's the uh, there's the obvious ones. I mean, Jesus, love to see an Anthony Davis versus James Harden one at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. We we really are never set short of, of a Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant on any given night. But those are the obvious ones. I'm telling you, there are some that are just waiting for you. There are just some out there that are just waiting to be accepted. Or maybe you could put one of those out there. Maybe there's a Bay Crowder versus Russell Westbrook. Maybe you should be on the side of Russell Westbrook. They're waiting out there for you right now. Easy challenges, easy money. It's a really fun way to play DFS. And if you use our promo code ITL16, they're going to hook you up with 10 free bucks if you've never used the app. Plus, they're going to give you a 100% deposit match on 100 bucks. So get, get going today. Get some money. They've got contests going all the time. By the way, I don't know if you noticed this. How cool is this? We have to mention this here. They have this contest going on in the NFL where if you follow them on Twitter at in halftime and uh, they ask a question and people, you know, they give responses. They were giving two tickets to an NFL game away to, um, you know, all the people that use no halftime and tweet at them. Well, Army member Nick Jones. Nick Jones. He won the contest. Yes. Not so one of our Army members went out there, won the contest for two free tickets. They turned those tickets into King's tickets for him. Oh, nice. He just told me that. he They turned him into King's tickets, and he's out. How, how appropriate. We've got this whole King's thing going on. Is he hitting up Brewski? I don't know. I told him last time he was there. He wore some uh, ITL gear. I should find out when he's going to the game. But they hooked him up with some King's tickets. That's how awesome no halftime is. So go win some money. Have some fun. It's an easy way to play a DFS version of a game. But it's really not. It's not. You're not creating rosters. It is a player versus player matchup in a tender swipe left or right accept and decline challenge format. He did it again. He did it again. Say, I do tender. 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 Tender on which you burn. Yeah. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. Pam. 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 With an M. There's a D on the end. There's no D. Maybe your contest could be Gorgie Jang versus Jonas Jonas Valanciunas, the Welsh. I mean. 
how do you think me and Gallagher are looking on that one so far? I, I'm liking uh, how how that one's going, especially with uh, JV missing the game tonight. It's love uh, that it's working out well. And you know what? We're going to talk a lot about kind of uh, you know some of the, uh, the the recapping of the drafts and where we've seen some of these players go. But go check them out. NoHalftime.com. Download the app today because no halftime. So the fantasy sports season never takes a break. God, I want to go to a Kings game. I haven't even been to a Suns game this year. Uh, yeah, me neither. I we've mean, been, which we've been so enthralled and doing some baseball stuff, and I haven't. I, I haven't really even gone out to a Suns game in a while. I need to. We need to go grab Gallagher, and we need to right. get him to drag us out, and then we can just talk usage rates and Devin Booker, and all scream about T.J. Warren, and everything will be great. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good time. We should go see when the. Uh, the Rockets play here and uh, go to that game so we can watch the – I mean, that game will be about 145 to 144. So that would be a fun one to go to. All right. Well, speaking of, I think I found uh, – when did it become Talking Stick Resort Arena, by the way? <laughs> How do we live here? And I didn't know that that happened. Dude, uh, my name is going to change to Talking Stick pretty soon. Everything over here is Talking Stick. They are making money. When did that happen? When did that happen? Uh, I have no. I probably this okay. Year, last well, year. it's Talking Stick Resort Arena. I don't know, but uh, December twenty first, the Rockets come well, to it used town. Used to be Casino Arizona Arena. So I it's just like, I don't follow arenas. Someone. Is, I, this is why we don't have DFS in the state. Is because true. the Native American casinos are doing so well, and they can afford all the lobbyists. So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they're like, yeah, come bring your Fanduel in here. Big middle finger to you because we're Talking Stick Resort. Yeah. On, uh, on the casino front. Look, but, you can gamble, but we have to choose how you gamble. December twenty first. We December we should go 20th. to that game. We should go okay. to the, you, me, Gallagher. Let's call. Let's get Gallagher right now. Use his. Uh, you know, he'll he'll get us tickets because you know he's Gallagher, and we'll all go and we'll see Rockets versus the Suns, and we'll report I back to just, everybody. Like, not work that week. I don't. I, I don't actually. So uh, that. Uh, that that is happening in Christmas, of course, and Christmas Eve, and uh, the seventeenth, I believe, is the Cactus Bowl, and I think I'm going to get us some tickets to that too. What is that? That is, it's just a uh, a college bowl game. So oh oh, it's a college bowl game. I was like, what in Christ is the Cactus Bowl? <laughs> what did it, well like? Tell me what your imagination had. In I immediately went to some food oriented thing. Like I'm thinking, like Bogman's uh, going well, to like some true. like you know some Mexican food eat off where he's going to be the Kobayashi of Mexican food, like Kobayashi. <laughs> uh, that I I believe I've been called that before. The Kobayashi, the Kobayashi of Mexican, of Mexican food. food, but uh, I don't think I've been to any eating contests for Mexican food yet. I wonder if you could take him down and like, well, what's your? Is it burritos or tacos? Uh, uh, all of the above. I mean, my my go to is really enchiladas. Oh, so. boy. oh, boy. That's a place that you don't have any fans in the stands because it's going to get messy. Oh, when my all God. Are you time. kidding me? No, no, no. No, no. I mean, that, you know, only I only enter in one of those contests if I can get a private porta potty. So <laughs> it's like Chipotle on steroids. All right. Well, um, I, I know, you know, anybody that's waiting for fantasy basketball information, it's coming. It's coming. But we do. Uh, we have one little thing we want to do here. Uh, because people have asked for it, kind of, kind of asked for it. We got a whole lot coming up here, by the way. The tip off, we're going to take your questions. Uh, Brewski will be coming up. We got some player debates, but I guess we need to, we need to white this thing up here and learn some Urban Dictionary. I don't know what we're yelling about. It's Urban Dictionary time. Loud noise. 
All right, I'm going to need some suggestions because you got to remember, the Welsh and I, we are, you know, Cracker McCracker face Super over here. White. Super we don't white. Know, we don't know the things that are being said or if, uh, you know, I, like I don't even know how to explain this. We're not hip. We don't know the lingo. We're not down with it. So yeah. when I go to Ur- everything Ur- you just did prove that. And by the way, we did right. say that this segment like could come off and on throughout the year, but it's going to come off if people aren't giving us some good suggestions of things they want us to know, things they want us to hear. Um, but, you know, it, it, the whole plan the whole time was for it to come off and on. But apparently you found a really good one. So uh, I did like I was looking and I'm like, man, I don't know, because first of all, I don't know if any of these are actually being said that are on Urban Dictionary. So I go to their Twitter I'm, and I, I assume the ones that are being tweeted are, are being said. And I haven't heard this one. And it, this is not a word. It's a saying. And it's, he needs some milk, the Welsh. And what this what, means. He need, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard that before. He needs some milk. He needs some milk. What There's in no Christ S. does he that mean? He needs some milk. Okay, hold on, hold it's, on, hold on. Let me take a guess here. He needs okay. some milk. It has yes. to be, it has to be like a, a t- thing. No, no, that's, you know what? I like where your head's at, because that's where I was going. I'm like, oh, is this another one I can't say? You know, that would be like, that'd be, it? you know, it'd be like the, you're like, come here, come to mama. You need some milk, honey. He needs you need some milk. You need some milk, honey. That's what I heard. <laughs> okay, well, this is what it actually is. It's having a violent accident so bad, it's obvious from afar that all of your bones are broken. Once Kendall oh, had Jesus. hit the ground from his faulty parachute <laughs> jump, it was obvious he needs some milk. <laughs> okay, because it's iron. Sponsored by the dairy farmers of the United States of America. That's the dumbest <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Give me a break. <laughs> but it works for us. Man, that boy because, needs a, man, that Paul because, George, uh, that boy needs some milk. His leg Jeremy is Jeremy Lynn. Jeremy Lynn, he needs some milk. All right. <laughs> Anthony Davis constantly, he needs some milk. What is this Westworld? Everyone's Reggie getting milk. Jackson, he needs some milk. That's also where my head went after I was like yeah. I was like, is this something from Westworld? Is this already a thing I don't know about that people are saying? So uh, I just I thought that was funny, and I think we could definitely use it uh, when it's we're gonna talking ha- about injuries. It's gonna so. happen, yeah. Like at some point, like like, like can we get Anthony David? Can we get Anthony Davis some milk right now so we he can avoid it? He needs some milk. <laughs> he needs some milk. Okay, I got one for you, real quick. Um, and I'm going to tread very lightly on this. I'm not going to give you definitions, oh. I don't think, of right. this. But in the ITL Army, if you guys want to check out what we got going on and be a part of it, patreoncom army. We're talking all this. We have a, we have a sport. Uh, we have a room for every single sport, and then we've got other rooms. We have uh, I'm a whiskey contour, so we have a bottle of the month club. We have collectors for people like to collect memorabilia. We've got the club 37 where all goes. And somebody posted this from Urban Dictionary. It was the Urban Dictionary sexual acts per state. <laughs> I'm not going to give you definitions, but you want to know what Phoenix's is called? Mm. And by the way, they have it color coded to show you what type of. Uh, <laughs> this is amazing. I should uh, say. What this. color is our state? I'm afraid to ask. Um, and, well, and you want to know, like, and the color defines the definition, and then there's a name to it. Like, you can ask me random states here, though I might not be good with my geography right, of knowing I, states. But all, let me I give you, know what Mississippi is. Well, let is me it, first give you Arizona. Okay. Arizona's urban, se- urban Dictionary Sexual Act per state is called the Phoenix Riot Shield. Gaping hole. <laughs> uh, no, now I need a definition. <laughs> I don't, I'd have to go track it down. But it's a solo act, Bogman. It's a solo act. Uh, well, then... 
I've probably oh. done many of them. Here's one. Here's one. Uh, New Jersey's. I, it's uh, the New Jersey Turnpike oh, no. Special. Hmm. <laughs> Is is Mississippi the Mississippi handbag? Um, all right, Mississippi's is called the Mississippi Meat Hook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's good. It, there's it's a color oh, that only. Oh, three... oh, stop, stop, stop. What do they do in Utah? Because they're not allowed to have sex, right? Okay, they're Mormons. Yeah. It's called the Mormon first base. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to know actually? No, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not. Actually, there's a color code for for that, but uh, its color yeah, code it's is. Point. Heavy petting. <laughs> this is uh, what the Mormon first base is. <laughs> heavy petting. You obviously know what Cleveland is if you've had any dirty mind. Yeah. The Green Bay Butter Churner. That's the most <laughs> disgusting I've ever heard. <laughs> I need to end this, but a couple more real uh, quick because they're great. The Oregon Mud Puddle. That's awful. Oh, no. <laughs> the no, Manhattan no. Flapjack. Oh, I... The, the Rhode Island hot dog just sounds awful. Massachusetts sounds like suplex. something you get in the ballpark, a Rhode Island hot dog. It, it does. The Indiana Maybe. clown yeah, pie. Oh, God. The Indiana in- clown pie? <laughs> Indiana clown pie. The Tennessee log jammer. Um, phrasing. And the Texas. Oh, Texas might have the most disgusting. <laughs> it's the Texas chili bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Denver wins. The Denver dripping donkey doorknob. What oh the my fuck? god! I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. By the way, New Mexico's is the New Mexico window washer, and I see. I think that's actually really stereotypical for them to say that. So I don't think that's a great uh, Urban Dictionary sexual act for New Mexico. But Denver wins with the grossest. The um. Oh no. Okay, you vote here. Denver dripping donkey doorknob. Or nah, the South, see- or, or or the South Dakota soggy taco. The ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. <laughs> oh I'm done. I'm done. Why did Why did I have to find this? You got. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not telling I'm you. I'm over any here of talking about are. injuries. He needs some milk. <laughs> I, just, I just saw this earlier this week, and, I, and someone pointed out the Phoenix riot shield, and I was just like, "All right." And this just had me reminding of and it. You don't have the definition of Phoenix riot shield. I'm if I like did Click like on. three seconds of actual like you know work i could probably find it but now nah, it's not letting me click on it apparently it's just letting me zoom into the state so i could find it more but guaranteed this ends the urban dictionary moving forward guaranteed that whole urban dictionary sexual act per state ends the the urban dictionary moving forward unless you uh email i Scott. found it I don't, I don't know. know if I, I can read this. No, 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 you can't. I told you, it's color-coded, so I know Actually, what it is. Actually, it's kind of funny. Um, nah, it's probably not. Go away, Baton! Yeah, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, don't Just say it. Just go look it up if you're, if you're curious. Do if, a you, if you really like that so much, yeah, yeah, go do some research. There you go. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We just talked about the Phoenix Ride Shield and the Denver Dripping Donkey Doorknob. You get it all here in this league. Uh, let's get down to business, though. I feel like the name of this next segment, though... Might belong in the state, but let's go talk about the tip-off. All right, Bogman, the tip-off, it's the big stories that are going on, at least in the first part. It's always kind of hard in the first couple weeks, unless, you know, major injuries or major stuff that goes down. But I can tell you one thing for sure, faux show, James Harden is lit. 
James Harden is lit. This dude, uh, the Rockets aren't, but James Harden is. Well, lit. James Harden. Well, we don't care about the team. Or you care about the team. We don't care about the team. We care about the player. James Harden being touted as the uh, number one overall fantasy player because he was going to play the point guard position coming into the drafts. For the most part, it made sense. But dude, three of his first six games, he has fifteen or more assists, and four of the six. He has 12 or more assists. The assists are bonkers. He's getting the rebounds. He's getting the points. I mean, if you played an assist-to-turnover ratio, he's finally really paying dividends. James Harden is crazy. He, in a world, in a world, of these fantasy guys that are just, you know, Anthony Davis is going bonkers. Russell Westbrook is usage rate out the window, and you still have Curry and Durant. James Harden is sitting over here every damn night just putting up ridiculously stupid numbers to the point like you know a, a night happens and you're like hey he just went 36 and 15 again also had a couple steals he has had a steal in every single game of the year he has had no less than six rebounds in any game of the year he has had no less than 26 points in any game of the year and his lowest assist output is seven assists a game and uh, he has had multiple five and multiple four uh, three-pointer games. His his turnovers are James Harden turnover games, like you would expect, seven, eight. He did have a one. But uh, he's amazing, dude. He, 31 and a half, seven rebounds, and 12 assists are his average right now through the first six games of the season. And he's making people that took him one overall happy, making sense. We saw a trade in one of the leagues that um, it was, uh, I saw James Harden for Russell Westbrook straight up. And I was almost like, I don't know how you trade we- uh, Harden. I don't know how you do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's still, you know, we're really not even two full weeks into the season. So yeah, no, I get it. You, J- James Harden is awesome. But do you know who the number one player is? I do. Yeah, uh, he uh, he hooks it often. Um, he Kevin he Durant, would be the Texas man. Chili Bowl of players. He is uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yeah, KD, and it's because, uh, you know, he's shooting almost 60% right now, which is just stupid. Do you watch that game, by the way? 18 shots a game. Do you watch that which, game? The, the Russell Laker Westbrook game? one? No, the, the, West, the Westbrook, yeah, the Oklahoma. I, I, well, I watched a lot of it until I was just like, I can't watch this. This is dumb anymore. Dude, that game was so dirty. Just, yeah, I don't know if you saw the Westbrook block on Durant. Just, ooh, and then Durant comes back and just swipes the sh- out of the ball from uh, Westbrook <laughs> and then Enos Cantor sitting over there yelling at uh, Durant why didn't you do this in the playoffs that game was nasty man is that what he said that's what I heard that's what I heard he said why didn't you do this in the playoffs and that's what I got you do into anything it. ever Enos Cantor before you talk to an MVP you damn idiot <laughs> so uh, so defending Durant I knew it was coming I love well it. that's stupid like I, I wouldn't care if that was a player I hated no they feel betrayed know? they feel betrayed yeah, well, feel whatever you want. Like, uh, I'm sorry. If, if your boss came up to you, the Welsh, and said, hey, I'm going to pay you more money and you're going to have to do less work at your job, would you say, no, no. And I I'm going to surround good. you with people that are even better at your job, at, at the job, than the people that you're currently working with. So it's right, going to make right. you even do less. Exactly. And you'll get more <laughs> acolytes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, and probably more commercial. No, 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 you don't have to sell me. I mean, I, Enos the Penis is sitting over there just talking trash, and he's not even in the game, but you don't have to sell me on it. I just, I'm going to look forward but to do Warriors. Do something in the NBA, and before you do that, shut your damn mouth. Yeah, he's Nobody stuff. cares what you have to say, Enos can't. I, I'm glad he did it, because I'm just going to look forward to Warriors-Thunder games every single time, just waiting for the explosion to happen. 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of this, uh, you know, is Russell Westbrook, you know, sliding Kevin Durant and are they going back and forth at each other? And it was just like, who cares? Well, I mean, yeah. but people are always looking for storylines. I think, sure. um, I, I think that's, I mean, but if the you photograph don't, thing, like right before the game, I was if like, you on. don't think Westbrook is throwing shade, I'm just throwing shade, 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 shade. on um, Durant. I mean, you're wrong. I mean, that it's, it's clear what he's doing. He is yeah. bent up about the whole thing. Durant doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. Of course he no. doesn't. He's sitting yeah. over in Golden State, and he's just like, Kevin Durant could sit there. He could take 12 shots a game. He could take four shots a game, pass the ball, put up mediocre stats, and he could probably win three more championships before it's all said and done, and he'll, and he'll be thanked for every penny of that contract. Yeah, it's... Uh... I don't know. It's it's a weird thing to see between those two guys, but uh, you know, Kevin Durant really wanted to get this one because I think he felt slighted, and uh, he did. And it was so it was so dominant that it made Enos Cantor uh, cry like a little girl. Yeah. So, and, but <laughs> but from your original point, James Harden is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. it's exactly what we expected from Houston. So let me let me uh, trip this back then. Okay. Who is the person that is most likely to hold the top spot, James Harden or Kevin Durant this season? It's James Harden, and to me, James Harden is one right now. Like, you know, I know by the ranks and how they do this, it, the the real reason why Durant is so far ahead of we've talked Harden, about this whole Yahoo percentages. Yeah, we, we used to have a um, it was a Justin fan who came on who used to work on the algorithm, and they talked about you know the weighted the weighted stats that would push. And, and Bogman and I in our analysis of the of the different site ranks, I mean. It's just they weigh percentages really heavy in ranks. That's why right now Rudy Gobert is ranked like 156 when he's amazing. And guys with, you know, high 50% field goal and high, uh, you know, 80% free throw, they're ranked up into the top 30s. They love percentages. Right. And, I mean, Kevin Durant is elite in steals and blocks. So 2.3 steals, 1.3 blocks right now. And low turnovers, too. Whereas Harden is 4.8 turnovers. And he's shooting ninety, almost ninety uh, points worse than Kevin Durant, but he's still shooting over fifty percent. For taking nineteen point two shots per game is incredible. With three point seven threes, thirty one points, over twelve assists a game, and seven boards. I mean, it's just ridiculous what Harden's doing. I mean, it's really close, but I think with Harden, you know, it's the same thing we said from the beginning of the year. He's the only guy in Houston. So he's going to do this from a night-in, night-out basis. Okay, he so may not score 31 every night. He may, may have a 19-7 and seven night. But, I mean, 19-7 and seven is what most people expect from their first-round pick. I feel like I shouldn't ask you this question, but do, do you think this is an opportunity to sell Durant now if you could buy really high on him? You know, he's the number one overall player. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, so what's the cost? It, are a you lot. Do, I mean, there's a couple it's, guys you're going to do a straight up for. It's Harden. It's who do you do straight up for? And then what's what's a version of a trade look like for? Well, the only way I do it straight up is if you know, like if I have a bunch of steals and blocks from other uh, from other guys, and I need some threes, I need you know some assists, then I would do Durant for Harden. But he's the only one I would do that for. I mean. So what's, then what's a twofer look like? Then So if you're getting, like, what do you, you know, because 
I always will say. I what you're saying. I always say when I get like, a, if I have like a top five player, and someone's like, "Well, what's a two thing look like?" Got to have one guy in the top fifteen, and I got the second guy's got to be in the top forty or something like that. So, I mean, are you selling Durant for Kawhi Leonard and Jokic? Uh, I don't want to mess with Jokic because I don't know what's going on there in Denver. Yeah, like, well, we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him in just a minute. So. Right. I think it would have to be something like, you know, oh, man, like Paul Millsap and Isaiah Thomas, something okay. like that. See, I, don't like think, it, I still feel, feel like I wouldn't do that. What about, um, oh, well, okay. Yes, because you hate Paul Millsap. No, I don't just say hate him. He's just, yeah, he's a little less sexy. What if you could get Antita Kowumbo and anything else? Uh, not in anything else. It'd still have to be uh, a decent player like uh like GA and Jang would be a decent one. Okay, that's um, a good one. I like that one. Yeah, that that's like, you know, so you're getting because GA is basically a poor man's Durant at this point. Would you offer you know? it if you own Durant? Would you go out and offer that trade to Yeah. Okay. I think I would. I you like know, that. it's 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 a good trade. Uh, you know, maybe not in a shallower league if I'm in an eight man or ten man. Agreed. I'm less likely to do it. But if I'm in anything 12 and up, I would do that. Yeah. Agreed. I like it. All right. Uh, number two on the tip off, uh, we've got two players. We just mentioned one, and I'm going to drop them here. Uh, two players in the top 50 picks that I think at this point, which is so early, and overreaction is, uh, you know, we haven't, I haven't put enough emphasis on this because uh, I'm seeing a lot of it already, and I know Bogman's seeing the same thing, is nothing brings out overreaction than fantasy sports and the first week of <laughs> fantasy sports where people just lose their mind. But uh, to point it out, and, I, and I'm saying top 50 picks, I'm going to center this back down to top 25 picks because that's how it's gone. But Victor Oladipo and Nikola Jokic have by far been the most disappointing players taking, taken pretty much essentially in the first um, two rounds. Victor Oladipo... 15 points, three rebounds, an assist and a half, under one on the steals and blocks. Free throw percentage sucks. Field goal percentage sucks. Horrible. He's ranked in the 200s right now. And Jokic, uh, he's uh, 10 points, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal. His blocks are trash. His free throw is trash. He's not taking a whole bunch. His field goal is good. But the worry I talked about at nauseum in the preseason is true right now. 20, yeah, the Nurkic. 20, well, not just the Nurkic, 22 and a half minutes a game he's averaging. I likened him to Valanchunas. He has not played over 23 minutes in all but one game. He played 34 minutes against uh, Portland. Every other game, 21, 22, 14, 23, and 22 damn minutes is always my concern. So I ask you, how worried are you moving forward with both of these players? I'm not too worried about Oladipo. I would say I'm a little worried, but I, I think really for him, he just hasn't found his his shot yet uh, on the court or at the line. You know, of you know field goal percentage or free throw percentage. And I think once that turns around, the rest of the numbers are fine. Plus, they're going to go up as far as points go and three three pointers go because. He's going to be making more shots. So I'm not too worried about Oladipo. Uh, Jokic is concerning with the low minutes, um, the weird usage that's going on there, and Gary Harris just came back. So how much is he going to take away from everybody? Dude, his last Um, game, nine points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. 
He has only uh, had two of his six games in double-digit points and one double-digit rebound game in his first six games. I, uh, you know, you, you got to temper the the stress, but people were taking him twenty. I have not. I have been offered Jokic like from three different people in different leagues, and I'm like, you guys do listen to the podcast, right? Like, <laughs> I'm know not I wasn't the person. High on him, yeah, right? yeah. I'm not the person that you go and offer Jokic for because I was never high on him, though. I'd be more apt to trade for him, but not at his value because the out, the value is trash. And look what's happening right now. Yeah, like tonight. So you go and you you look at at what's going on tonight, and you say, uh, "Well, this is weird because Jokic got 22 minutes, which is low, but Nurkic only got 13." But it's because they played Boston, and Boston had Horford, Olenek, and Crowder all out tonight. Yeah, play so some small the, ball. Yeah, the lineup was going small, so. You know, I think Nurkic is a 25-minute-a-game guy at best right now. And um, It's not saying that, that those numbers can't come up, but that's just what is happening with him right now. So it's it's really weird. I, I'm worried about him. I don't think I would – I mean, what what do you think, the Walsh? Are, are you, would you sell him low? I mean, or Depends would – low is I would be trying to sell him. Um, what, what's the garbage – bottom you know you know cds dvds come on buy sell buy sell what what is the lowest thing you're taking for Jokic right now well okay so i would be me personally i'd be caught in a hard place here i mean again i wouldn't own him but um i do think he's the type of player later in the season feed under him a little bit he'll get he's gonna get some 30 minute games and he's gonna have explosive games there's no doubt about it i'm probably more prone at this moment to sell him on a um, on a high game because okay. I don't want to sell him low. Like, I mean, I would probably try for people. I would probably be looking in the range of like the pre-draft stuff. Like, I'll give you Jokic for Miles Turner. I do that all day, every oh, day. Man. But nobody's yeah, going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. Yeah. What about um, Tobias Harris? He's ranked 38 nope. so far. He's having a good year. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. No, but see, I, I, you know, I can't even answer this question because uh, there's no Jang, one you're going to say. Jang is doing good, though. No, Jang is, I'm is not. a... Oh, because, man. Because this is what I'm saying. Because with the hype, you can go get Miles Turner. With the hype, you can go, you can go get some heavy name. Yeah, like, but, but like, you got to regain the hype. I need to see two more the, weeks. The if it's two more weeks that, of this... But, but, but the Welsh, the problem with that is, though... The the hype may not come back. I know, I know, and that's a risk you got to so take. So you're here. more willing to go down with the ship than you are to sell him low. Yeah, but I have never been in this position. I, but, well, I understand, but we're just helping out people that are. Yeah. So, so what I'm doing so you here, you would not trade him with Gor- for Gorgie Jang. No, because because then if he does, it, Jang's having a good year though. It, it's too early to do panic moves with Jokic. The only reason to trade him is if you can try to get dollar for dollar value. Now, maybe you need to recreate that with a low end player that was on your bench, you know, that has some value to this person. And all of a sudden now you're getting the dollar value because you've added. But to go and trade him on this on the low end for a 50s type of player, I just don't think it's worth it. Now, if two weeks happen, it's still the same thing. Then I'm looking hard to see if I can try to make those moves because I think people will still make them. But if in a week. He can he can rattle off two you know twenty point games with double digit rebounds. Then I'm knocking. Uh, I might I would probably knock over to the the Horford guy. You know the guy that has Horford because he's been out with concussions and is frustrated. Maybe I can get Horford. You know maybe I can go get Miles Turner. Maybe I can try to get Porzingis who's been a little down. 
you just got to be weary. Um, you know, I would say go acquire him if you can get him super cheap. But if you own him, don't sell him super cheap. I'm, I'm gonna go with the opposite. I don't, I don't think Gorgie Jang is super cheap. I don't think Valanchunas is even super cheap, even though I don't like him. I am legitimately afraid of of Jokic and uh, what's going to move ahead with him this season. So I would sell him a little lower than what you paid. I would probably take a Wiggins. I would probably, which I don't, I don't want to. What about I would probably Demar Derozan? Might not be a bad one. Yeah, I don't think you can get Derozan though. No, I don't think you can because Derozan is so high right now. But maybe like a Vuk, you know, that may not be bad. Yeah, uh, I know exactly where your head is, and in two weeks yeah. I may be the exact same. I just feel like it's too early to not try to just just take a shot at jumping on a couple games and then selling him high. But I think you and I agree both on one thing. We're trying to sell him. I don't have him points. in any league. No Jokic Zero. shares. Zero so. shares I have him. Zero. So I uh, just wanted to point that out. Uh, number three, trade went down in between the last podcast. Ghostface Ilyasova was traded from uh, the the, uh, the Thunder to Philadelphia for Jeremiah Grant. And Gallagher was bonkers about Grant coming in uh, to play aside Westbrook. But I don't, I'm not sure exactly how crazy it got. I think he's had two games with them, six points, four points, a handful of rebounds. He had a four-block game against Minnesota, which was nice. And then uh, Ghostface comes in, <laughs> 21 points, four rebounds, 14 points, three rebounds in a couple of those games. So... Trade is interesting. Uh, the Philadelphia side, you kind of had hope like this is going to do better for Saric, you know, for moving forward. But you know, Ilyasova's coming in and getting minutes. What do you think about this move, one way or the other? Because I, I was talking with Gallagher right when it happened, and Gallagher was like, "This is a twelve man. Uh, this is a twelve man league. Absolute pickup." Yeah, I for think Grant. Um, for Grant. I, to to me, I was more concerned about Ilyasova because. We've already got so much going on in this front court in Philly, and now you take Jeremy Grant out and you throw in, you throw in Ilya, and Ilya had 28 minutes the other night. Bob Covington has been dropped all over the place, but he had 30 minutes. Saric had 18. That's concerning for the homie to me. Now I know this is probably going to be a lot of hot hand going forward, but. Okay, so now what happens when, uh, you know, Joel? And this is this is a game where I uh, know I guess Embiid did play this game, but Holmes didn't play, and Simmons isn't back. Oh yeah, I so, mean it changes the whole game. But Ilyasova might be there to be like a coach. I mean, I know he's not, by the way, because uh, Gallagher pointed out that uh, Ilyasova and Saric played eleven minutes together, which was on the positive front. You know, maybe because Ilyasova can play the three, but Ilyasova is a guy that Saric might want to model himself after. I mean, except be good, like be good <laughs> be the good Ilyasova that Ilyasova is not but you know there, there's a there's a model he played well in that in that first game yeah. so I think if if I'm picking between one of these two guys it's Ilyasova but I'm not really sold on Grant I'm not really sold on Ilyasova either no um so it's it's to me it was kind of a meh trade yeah a little bit meh to me it's but the there first was... one we've had so it's exciting yeah but it's me. Un- yeah, me. I mean, I'm not, you know, maybe we'll have Gallagher on here probably you know, in a couple weeks here. We'll, we can ask him and relook at it, but like, I'm just, I'm not. I had no excitement towards it. You know, if you need a blocks, cheap source of blocks, and you're not too concerned about percentages, Grant, you know, he's that. 
Ilya Sova, I don't think, has a long-standing value in the later half of the year, but he obviously has some currently. Uh, number four on the tip-off, we got some uh, injured guys that are making their returns or getting ready to. Reggie Jackson is uh, cleared for basketball activities, going to start yes. ramping up. Thank you, God, because I got him in a couple. Gary Harris returned, finally. Uh, first game, we don't need to talk about that, but his next game, 12 points, uh, rebound, and assist, and a steal. That was relatively nice. And then Gordon Hayward came back. Like gangbusters, no limits, 35 minutes, 28 points, five rebounds, and put up a couple threes. What do you think about these returning valued guys? I mean, everybody that got who owns these players got them out of value unless you drafted super early. Then you screwed yourself with Hayward and Reggie Jackson. But we're talking value players right now. Yeah, um, well, I like what's going on with with Gordon Hayward. I mean, he just came right back in. He had that one little warm-up game or whatever it was where he came off the bench, and now it's – all right, Gordon Hayward's back. He's a, you know, borderline all-star-y type of player, and uh, he's just back to doing his stuff. So uh, hopefully no dummies out there dropped him at all, and you, you held on to Gordon Hayward because it's only a week and a half he missed. Same thing with Gary Harris. It, this looked like he was going to miss a month or two Yeah. Uh, when he had the injury. So a lot of people shied away from him. Most likely you got him out of this group in the best deal uh, in the in your draft, uh, probably this, you know the last three or four rounds, which which was nice, and he I came back earlier. But yeah, it, and something that helps him is uh, Will Chandler just got hurt tonight, so he's going to see more minutes sooner. And uh, Reggie Jackson, you know, I think Ish Smith has done a great job filling in for Reggie Jackson, but when Reggie comes back, it's it's Reggie's, it's Reggie's job. But I think Ish Smith has earned himself some real minutes, so. Uh, I'm excited for Reggie to come back, too. I think you have to have excitement for all these guys. If there was one player, because these are all must-own players, by the Gordon way. Gordon Hayward. It's Gordon, okay, you already knew where I was going. Who's the, who's the guy based on uh, maybe acquisitional rights? Or you know who's the guy that you want to own out of this group? Reggie Jackson, Gary Harris, Hayward. and I mean, Hayward's the best player. Right. But if you were looking to maybe make a move, he's probably going to be the most costly here. But it, regardless, it's still Hayward. Yeah, I mean, I like Gary Harris, but, you know, Gary Harris is a lot like Jokic, and it's the same team. So it's it's the weird minutes. It's what's going on in the backcourt. Moody A's looked really good so far this year. Um, so I'm not so excited about Gary Harris, but we know what we're getting from Gordon Hayward. Uh, and like I said, I like Reggie Jackson, but he's probably going to be – tempered when he comes back in because he's still at least a couple weeks away i mean he's cleared for baseball activity basketball activities that doesn't mean he's going back in two days he's still probably a week or two away uh gordon hayward's already back you know what gordon hayward is and it was just a finger injury like it was a minor thing for hayward i mean it wasn't minor but it what was you, you know the get, least serious what if you could move all the depot and get hayward and reggie jackson i'll do that in a second you move all the depot to get both Hell yes. I, I And now I think Oladipo is going to come back. But I would take, you know, I think I would take pre-draft Oladipo and move him for those two without a problem, without blinking an eye. Okay. That's, that's an interesting look. Uh, last one here. Pickups, drops. What do we got? Uh, we got some names here. The Welsh, if you want to just point some out. For the pickups, for me, the interesting ones are uh, J.J. Barea. I mean, Dirk is sick now. J.J. Barea has been on a nice little streak. He's one of those hot guys the welsh that you pick up 
You uh, you play him until he starts to suck again, and then you cast him asunder. Well, you want to talk and about he is hot gone. guys, hot Hi. guys. Cue the music, hot guys. Uh, how about from the Miami Heat? Ooh, it's burning. Tyler Johnson, double-digit points every single game this year. Uh, he's had four-plus rebounds in every game but one. He's getting steals. He's getting assists. He got some talk right at the end of uh, the – right as, like, the draft season was about to end from Gallagher when he came on this podcast because there were these rumors of Drogic being moved. But Tyler Johnson with uh, Richardson out has been just balling. And I think – I think – He's a relative must-own player, though. Somebody did ask me. I'm trying to think of who it is, and, and yeah, I should I should probably look on Twitter as we're doing this. But <laughs> they said, uh, Tyler Johnson, do I pick him up? Do I drop Wes Matthews? Oh, it was uh, Power. <laughs> I like it. it was Power Ranger at Blue underscore Power Ranger. <laughs> Power Anger, maybe I don't know. Power Angler. Angler. Yeah, I'm, I'm just Ron Burgundy. He had asked. Um, would you give up Wes Matthews to get Tyler Johnson? And I was just like, ooh, that's mm. just like right at the edge of the player I don't really want to move or drop to pick up Tyler Johnson, but I really want Tyler Johnson. Like there's a whole cast of characters you guys are rostering as your last person on your 12-man team that I would drop for Tyler Johnson. Not available in a single league that I do, but uh, he would. He, he, to me, he's of, of this list you have – Lou Williams, Chandler, Berea, Larry Nance, Johnson Brown, Terrence Jones, Ilyasova, Wilson Chandler, and CJ Miles. He's number one. Yeah, he's probably one to me uh, also. Uh, I just, you know, there's so many leagues where he's not available. He's just being picked up a lot. Uh, I like Berea, and I like Larry Nance. Uh, Larry Nance is starting yeah. to get minutes, you know, and he's that, that stuff and things guy. I think I mentioned him in one of our shows where – if he started to get minutes, he's the guy that does the stuff and things. Now, Jalen Brown has been picked up a lot of places, but um, you know, Horford's been out and uh, yeah, Olenek's yeah, yeah. been out. And that's what you got to so, worry about with Tyler Johnson, too. Josh Richardson comes back. How much is yes. he going to negate some of that value? So that's something you guys need to weigh. You need to weigh when you're looking at all the. There's not a lot of players on this list that are, that, that are um, safe from losing their job. I like I like don't Tyson, think anybody on well, this list is. Tyson Chandler to me has been su- he's like without the blocks, take away that. Everything else, he's that old Tyson Chandler that you wanted. Like crazy he's had three eighteen rebound games. He gets you some steals. Uh he'll get you some points occasionally. But if you're good with eight points, twelve rebounds, maybe an assist and maybe a block, I mean Tyson Chandler's the player for you. And I don't see why but you wouldn't Tyson want Tyson Chandler is that during this season of the Welsh, he's going to need some milk at some point, he's right? He's going to need some 2% milk <laughs> all up in those knees for show. Uh, the drops, the Welsh, we have guys like, uh, obviously, Lance Stevenson just got waved by New Orleans, and they signed Archie Goodwin. So go. he's cast asunder. Uh, Will Barton. Actually, I think Will, I said Will, Wilson Chandler uh, got hurt, but I think it was Will Barton got hurt. So he's being dropped. Dirk. Being dropped what? all over the place because he's he's hurt. Uh, he's got an Achilles injury, re-injured it after coming back. Yeah, I know he's going to miss a couple. So he's going to miss probably at least a couple weeks, and he is, I believe, 385 years old. So Something uh, another to. old guy, Tony Parker, got hurt, and he's been uh, he's been being dropped. The homie being dropped, Ty Lawson. Needs some milk up in these drops. Collison, these, these motherfuckers. He needs some milk. <laughs> um, Need Jesus and, and milk. <laughs> right, Bob Covington after the Ilyasova trade being dropped a lot. And Tamari Carroll 
just not mm. putting it together. Who doesn't yet, belong so. here for you? Who who doesn't belong on the uh, who should not be being dropped? Mm, I want to say that Dirk doesn't need to be dropped. Yeah. Now I think the homie too. Uh, yeah, like I don't blame people, but it, uh, I think that's one of those where it's like you could possibly regret that in a week. Well, how would you drop? Uh, would you drop the homie for Tyler Johnson? Um. Yeah, I think I would. It's close. Yeah, it's definitely close. But I think I would definitely do that. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> You're like, I don't know about. I don't know about that. Know, it, does there is there anybody here besides the homie that you think doesn't belong in this list? Um, I don't know. I think Covington's. Be, I think it's a little premature with Covington. Ty Lawson's tough because he's been pretty good, but Darren Call. We're going to talk with uh, Bruski about this and him covering the Kings. You know, Ty Lawson's interesting there. Demari Carroll, maybe that's one. I mean, there's a lot of guys on here. You know, the Milk Club here of uh, Tony Parker. You know, <laughs> I get that. Lance Stevenson has to go. I don't know. I guess. I guess I see why some of these guys are going, but I would. I would never drop Dirk. I don't think. It, I'd just try to move him at some point. I wouldn't want to drop Sarge because I believe he would be picked up immediately. And um, I don't know. Covington does this, I think, every year. So, like, why did you take him and then just drop him immediately unless that was the reasoning behind taking him? Like, oh, I can just move and I can stream players. That's fine. But the drop list kind of makes sense here. But there you go. There is the tip-off. A whole lot of information there, as we always want to give you guys. So apropos to this episode, didn't even mention it earlier, but if you guys want to rock some ITL swag, you should go to InThisLeague.com. Check out the website. You'll see the t-shirt store. And you heard it here on episode 99 that you could be rocking our 99 problems, but my draft ain't one. Hit me. Hit me. The 99 problems t-shirt, our best-selling t-shirt of all of them, by the way, if you want to rock. And there's a bunch of other good swag that you can find on there. And uh, I'm putting a post up about this uh, on the website, and you'll see it if you're part of the Army. That Greg from OfficialFantasyRings.com, he is setting up ITL dog tags. Awesome dog, like actual official dog tags. The same ones that he makes for Michael Rappaport. You know Michael Rappaport. He has the uh, podcast and actor. He's been in all the good movies. And uh, they have the Gringo Mandingo dog tags. And Greg is making us dog tags. That's the type of quality they are. They're going to be going on sale on OfficialFantasyRings.com, but... If you want to hit us up now, you can do a pre-order. You can like say, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to buy the first batch and you're going to get free engraving on it. You can get free engraving on the back. You can get your name, you can have a nickname, whatever it is that you want. You just got to let us know before November 15th if you want some of that free engraving. Army has some special deals uh that you know the captains are going to get hooked up and we got some discount stuff, but if you want to rock some ITL gear and get that dog tag, we would appreciate it. Uh, you can hit us up beforehand before it goes on sale. This is for the first batch that are coming through. And I have this idea because we're moving forward into the following years. I think if you have a dog tag going into 2017, you automatically are going to get the early access to all listener leagues, regardless, regardless if you're part of the ITL Army or not. So that's for next year's basketball. You will get uh, information on first access to all the special leagues that we do. And it's like, this is like your special car. This is your golden ticket. Your Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. This is your golden ticket into stuff for 2017 for the ITL Army. And all you got to do is have one of the ITL, have one of the ITL dog tags, my friend. He'll have our branded logo on it. It's going to be so much fun. 
I know Jonesy's getting FBGM. Yeah, that's right. His. Yeah. <laughs> FBs get money. FBs hey. get money, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, we got uh, some of your questions, so let's go answer them. You asked, we are here to answer, uh, at is it the Welsh at Bogman Sports. Those are our Twitter handles, or you can uh, email us at thewelshinthisleague.com or at Bogman at inthisleague.com. Shoot us questions that you would like to be on the podcast. We will uh, weigh through them and try to uh, you know help you out and help the masses out. It, I Believe me, through what we've been doing this long enough in all the sports, if you have a question, not only are like 50 other people kind of wondering about this like one player there's probably 10 people that are literally in your situation the amount of times i've had people ask me the same question should i do this trade or should i have these two guys it's it's incredible so don't be afraid to ask you're probably helping other people out bogman first one at steven underscore six two six he says he got offered clay thompson for joel Embiid. he said my threes are pretty good but blocks are kind of weak with noel out would you take this trade? Thanks. What I said was, I now see, with this question, I got confused, and I couldn't understand if he was saying he got offered Clay. Yeah, he or said, I if, got offered. He's like, I he well, got, says, got offered Clay for Embiid, but then he goes on to talk about how his blocks are kind of weak. So why would you do this trade if your blocks are weak? Well, it, you know, I think, that's, I think we, well, th- that's why this question is so interesting, because you're looking at a trade, and this happens all the time, and I have done these trades before, that you're like, I don't give a crap about the statistical things. I'm getting a player that was a top 30 player drafted for someone I got in the 80s. And I think that's a leg- legitimate thing that regardless of where your stats look right now, people are um, they're faced with. And th- this is it right there. Joel Embiid, who has a quote-unquote minutes restriction for the season, though he's been incredible for a guy, Clay Thompson, who has uh, he's definitely fallen on the wayside in Golden State, but he's still a force to be reckoned with. 15 points, three rebounds, almost three assists, a steal. Uh, the threes are... This, God, the threes still aren't there at one and a half. You're, I guess you're really assuming that they're buying low, but regardless of statistical need... Would you trade the hot Joel Embiid to get Clay Thompson? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade Joel Embiid to get Clay Thompson. He's been too good. And the the thing I said, and really my 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 answer, you know, if if you're taking out statistics for your team, I want Joel Embiid because uh, Clay Thompson hasn't been that great with you know all the stuff going on with Kevin Durant. So, but my my answer to his specific question. And, you know, regardless on if you're getting or giving, whatever. If your team is solid, I want Joel Embiid because he's a risk I'm willing to take. Even though he's been so good, he could wind up being Anthony Davis, you know, 60 games. He's already going to miss a bunch of back-to-backs. There's a possibility of injury, and don't think there's not because he missed two years already. So if, if I'm good, I want Joel Embiid. If my team is shaky... And I have some of those injury risks already. I want Clay Thompson because I know he's a little bit safer. He's going to be better than what he's playing right now. But uh, in general, I want the guy who I think is a better player. And Joel Embiid is just a better player right now. Yeah, Clay Thompson's really difficult to deal with. I mean, the dude's the dude's playing like thirty five minutes a game, 
And his stats, they just, I mean, they're different players, but they just don't even match up. I mean, Joel Embiid, he has played not more than 25 minutes a game, and he's had two 20 point games. He's had uh, uh, some, she's had two four block games. The only thing he's showing signs of, though, is he's got DeMarcus Cousins in him, as he's averaging like almost four and a half turnovers a game. But he's, um, Border young player, borderlining elite points. Uh, he's a, elite blocks. I, I've got an amazing stat that's going to. I am about to blow your mind, Bogman. <laughs> Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, and Clay Thompson average the same amount of threes a game. <laughs> You're kidding! I me. swear to God, but they are both averaging one and a half threes a game. Wow, that is a damning, damning stat. Uh, it's obviously not going to continue, and you're not drafting Joel Embiid to be a three-point shooter. But to say that we are two weeks through the season, and that's how the, the outlook looks, which, by the way, with Joel Embiid, they have said, come Christmas time, they're going to reevaluate the minutes restrictions and the back-to-back stuff, because he has already missed one game that was on a back-to-back. And I think just the the arrow is trending up. I would be shocked if next year Joel Embiid is not a top 24 player, if he's not taken in the yeah. first two rounds, I'd be shocked. I, you know, if he, if he lasts the whole year, why wouldn't he go in the first round? I mean, yeah, he's elite blocks. He's an eight, 80% free throw shooter. Uh, you know, his field goal percentage is going to come up because he'll probably quit taking threes when Simmons and Bayless come back. They just won't need him to stretch the, the, the floor anymore. So, and he'll probably be under the basket more, get get a couple more rebounds. So, uh, he'll probably mm. be a number one player. But it's just a thing that we have yet to see. You know, we've seen a week and a half Joel Embiid. That week and a half has been absolutely incredible. God, I love him. But that's going to be one at the end of the season. So good. I'm going to be insufferable unless he gets injured. Then <laughs> I'll just quit and I'll, I'll retire with Arian <laughs> Foster. And shut up. Uh, but oh boy, I love Joel Embiid. Uh, Wilhelm in the ITL Army. He says uh, he's got Jeremy Lin on his IR spot. Oh, I have Jeremy Lin on like five IR spots. Of course you do, because you have them all over the place. Better stash. These are two of your guys. This is a great question. Larry Nance or Terrence Jones? Who's the better stash? Answer is Larry Nance. Terrence oh. Jones uh, got a, a you know a DNP CD, and then after that, he uh, he started a game, and he was good statistically, but he didn't get used down the stretch in crunch time, which means he was probably just playing you know due to some injuries. And uh, I don't like what is going on with Terrence Jones in New Orleans from what I've seen this year. Now, I wasn't taking Terrence Jones high. You know, I told you to take him in the last round, so you shouldn't have gone out and reached for him. But uh, I don't think I can roll with Terrence Jones at this point, especially not over Larry Nance. Um, Yeah, I mean, if Terrence Jones could play the Suns every single day, then he would be a must-own player because he was just, like Gallagher put out, he's just, it's an insane matchup for him. And he went off. As we speak, Larry Nance just has a concussion. Just awesome. got it during the Suns game. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's an amazing question. So it's Terrence Jones. It is. Yeah, but, probably. No, Terrence, per, per, yeah, well, it just depends if this is a Hortford concussion or if he, I mean, you know, he's in concussion protocol. I shouldn't say he has a concussion. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But <laughs> he's going to concussion protocol. So I did I'll, stay at a Holiday Inn, though, so I'm yeah, qualified. Yeah, I, I'm qualified. I'm okay. <laughs> Well, they're both kind of stuff and thingy guys right now. The The upside of Terrence Jones has been, A, if Anthony Davis were to go down, you have to own him. And B, if he ever plays the Phoenix Suns, you want both of those ends. Uh, Larry Nance... <laughs> you want players to play the Suns. I mean, yeah, Larry Nance is fine. Players to play the Rockets. It's, yeah. I 
guess. Well, I mean, the concussion thing is going to lean me to Larry Nance, or is going to lean me to Terrence Jones. But I was already, I always wanted to lean that way, anyways. But I will say it's been more consistent. It's definitely been more consistent with uh, Larry Nance. So we'll we'll see what the concussion yeah, goes. I mean, but. Well, what is what is Terrence Jones needed his entire career? The Welsh, uh, just playing time, milk. Milk. Oh, Maybe Jesus. some milk. God damn it. With the milk, <laughs> the 2% and all that. All right. Uh, Captain Craig of the ITL Army. He's one of the captains. The highest hey. level of the ITL Army. We should have had his question first. What is wrong with us? Um, he says, does it piss you guys off, especially in a roto, or I added this, even in head-to-head. I, I think this is an applicable question for any format. When you go and take a guy like a Marcus Gasol, which, th- you know what it is? It's like, you had one job, man, where he's saying he's taking Gasol, who he specifically wants, you know, the good percentages. You know, he's one of those percentage big man guys. But then he starts just taking nothing but threes, and he's killing his field goal percentages. What what he's really asking, regardless of just, you know, putting Marc Gasol into this, how much does it grind your gears when you're taking a guy for one specific thing, even though he may do other stuff, and they completely bomb on it. How much does that, especially when, wow. you, I mean, you know, you're building a specific team and you've built it all around a certain category, let's say, you know, in like the free throw percentage guys and they're killing it. How much does that just eat you up? Uh, it sucks, man. And my big example is not, you know, Marcus Hall or, or Pau Gasol even who hasn't been good either, but it, it's, it's Serge Ibaka. You know, I, I, you draft him. Okay. You get some points. But if he plays under the basket, you get boards and blocks, and he's not playing there again. They're doing the same thing they did with him in Oklahoma City. It makes no damn sense. It doesn't make any sense, and it's so aggravating. Yeah, under and a block a game, five rebounds a game. That this is not Serge Ibaka. Five boards a game from Serge. There's no way he should be getting that. James Harden is is averaging more than that. Serge Ibaka. That is stupid. He has actually had a prior to this year. A three-year downturn in uh, rebound output in 2014. He's not... 2013, it was 8.8. La- uh, two years ago, 7.8. Last year, 6.8. He's losing a rebound every single year. Now this year, 5.2. He's losing Your a rebound is, and a half. It's it's using a car engine to power your washing machine. You don't need that much, you know. Sure. It, it, it's using something. For so, like it'll work, it'll do, but why would you do that? That's a dumb idea. It's putting a Ferrari engine on a golf cart. That's what yes. it is here. Yeah. Yes. Same, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't I mean, we, dri- we drive golf carts, not washing yeah. machines, but we, we were yeah. on the same trajectory. Well, I drive a washing machine, so I don't know about you. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, it does, Craig. It's, it is the worst, especially when you've designed a team. You know, when you're just free flow drafting, I don't know. Sometimes it's not there. One of the reasons, by the way, why I love stuff and things drafts. Stuff and things, guys, you're taking all the players to do all the things. You don't necessarily have to have every single one doing it, but the point of having guys like Nicholas Batum and Tita Kuombo is they are filling the gaps that you might be missing in other areas. Let's say you got Damian Lillard and Tita Kuombo. Just follow me here for a minute. And then you don't have another point guard for a whole while. And then you haven't taken a big man. Okay, you can still fill it out by getting the stuff and things, guys. They're all equally attributing to each stat along the way. And though you may not be number one in a single category, you're across the board where if you lose one guy, 
They just pick right back up. It's it's just an army philosophy. You know, they're ants. It's the ants team. One goes down, another guy just comes right back in. So that's why stuff and things drafts are great, but I totally understand. Very, very frustrating. Last one, Bogman. All of Twitter, all of Twitter have asked about these guys, so I'm just clumping them together. At some point, people want to know, do I need to own Josh Richardson, J. Mike, or Justin Hamilton? Pick one that you like out of this crew because they are literally involved in 90% of all basketball questions that are being thrown our way. One of those guys is involved in the question. Uh, Josh Richardson is my guy. Uh, Jermichael Green is not doing what even what you thought he was going to when you were taking him late. And Justin Hamilton, I don't I don't like what he does. He's a flash in the pan. Uh, you, the, the Nets are, are going to try out di- many different things, especially with their best player, Jeremy Lin, going down. So I'm not, I'm not getting on the Justin Hamilton hype. Josh Richardson, easy for me. I'm going to go Josh Richardson. Um, Tyler Johnson does have me a little bit worried everything we talked about, but maybe Chargers gets moved. Maybe they just work with the three-guard standpoint. So I'm going to say Richardson, but Green is pretty close. Uh, you know, Him getting that job over Zach Randolph, there have, it, there have been signs and flashes so I would like both of those guys. I'm just not on Justin Hamilton right now. But if you had to pick between them, I would take Josh Richardson. But I will carry this back to the last segment. I will take Tyler Johnson over all of them at this point. Uh, but there you go. There are your questions. Again, is it the Welsh Bogman Sports or Bogman or the Welsh at InThisLeague.com? You can email us. We'd be glad to talk about your questions, be it a player for player, be it a trade, maybe a philosophical thing. Hey, what do you want to hear on this podcast? Is there something that you're dying to hear? Well, then speak up and let us know, and we'll make it a part of the podcast. We always do that. We have fun, and we inform, which we're going to do right now as we get on our good buddy Aaron Bruski from hoop-ball.com covering the Kings. We're going to cover the Kings. We're going to cover a whole bunch more on fantasy, so let's go do it. All right, it's time to finally go look at week three. Uh, I think we've had uh, we've had a good start to this season, and it's only going to get better. And like we said, like I just said, you know, as we were leaving the listener question portion, that uh, we're going to get informative, but we're going to have fun here. This is one of the best guys in the industry, um, similar to us. I mean, though the the difference here is uh, Aaron has been where all the big dogs have gone. He has played in the ballpark with all the big dogs. He's won the award, uh, basketball writer of the year, and he's out doing his thing now. It's the independence. We always want to support independent podcasting or independent websites that are in this same field. And this is one of the best places that you can go do it. Uh, you've heard Scott and I both on the uh, NBA Fantasy Today with Dan Brespis at hoop-ball.com. And you've heard Aaron on this podcast before. He is Aaron Bruski on Twitter at Aaron Bruski, what is going on, my friend? You know, for for Dan, I'm going to have to call you Welsh, and then I'm going to have to call the Bog Man. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the Bog Man. That's right. <laughs> As we call him, the arch nemesis of Swamp Thing, Bog Man, Swamp the Thing, arch nemesis of Swamp Thing. Right. I, I still want to get bo- that. Short. that it, it only in Dan's, you know beautiful voice could that really sound at, at its peak level. The Bog Man. Uh, you know, I like that. We really it sounds should... like a weird Halloween dance. <laughs> do the bog man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. We should probably get Dan to do some imaging for us. We'll be like, Dan, we just need your baritone voice on here. But you can hear Dan at hoop-ball.com, and you can also hear Aaron Bruski, who's doing all the podcasts, all the great coverage over there. And it's just really exciting. Basketball has become 
one, I mean, you know, because we do so many podcasts, it's probably become the favorite in the aspect of like we've just built such great relationships with the best minds in the business, and we get to talk with you guys, and you guys have given us the time, and Aaron, you've given us the time. We're going to abuse it this season, but I want to make sure people are going over to hoop-ball.com to check out all the amazing content. It's content that we just don't provide because we have really solidified ourselves as a, a podcast home, a fantasy podcast home for all your sports, but you can get so much of that and more over at hoop-ball.com. Aaron, why don't you tell people about what you have going on with uh, just you know the website itself and you have an in-season program that people can get into because we've had a lot of people that have been re-engaged into their love for basketball and are playing this year. So how can you help them? Well, first off, thank you very much. You guys are more than hospitable and you guys were great on our podcast. I thought our listeners got a ton of great info out of you guys. And, and again, you know, this this innovation you see with independent sites, I really believe in it. I, I've been to the, you know, kind of the corporate side and back. And, and I know that, you know, when you're independent and you're really, really grinding and you're out there and you're on the cutting edge, it really makes a difference for listeners and readers. And, you know, we got a team of about 20, 25 guys now. And I swear, you know, they're hungry and, and they're just trying to find ways to do things better every single day. And, and that's a quite a bit of you know, uh, muscle, if you will, for a fantasy site to have. So when I see the independents out there doing good things, I, I want to be a part of it. And, and I hope that we can continue to do stuff down the road. As far as the site goes, um, you know, we're, we're almost a year old now, um, at least in terms of the green lighting of the whole endeavor from day one, you know, the apple of the eye or whatever have you. I remember as we I had was puking. Stop. <laughs> yeah, because we had you on as you started this, Aaron. I think we might have been the first, uh, and I could be totally speaking off base here, but I think you kind of like broke it on our podcast last year. I mean, some people probably knew, and I think you had announced it a day before, but like verbally, I think this was the first place that it was talked about. It was. I mean, it, there was an announcement on Twitter. It was really kind of just a tight secret that we kept in a, in a really small loop. And then uh, releasing it was just one of those moments. I have like video of it, you know, with the, the site, you know, stat tracker or whatever it is, you know, watching is, you know, you tweet something like that out and people are like, whoa, you know, you're, you're going to go out and do this on your own, you know, and, and they're all intrigued. And it was a big moment. Like I said, I wanted to throw up because you just want to make sure everything works. Uh, so yeah, and I talked to you guys maybe 24 hours after that, and I probably hadn't slept for, I mean, at least well for like a week. And, and probably so, still uh, have. Yeah, we, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been like that. It really has. But you know, in this industry, you want to um, you know want to put out a good product, and you want to have um, you know the T's crossed and the I's dotted, and it's very competitive. So, yeah, you know, you got to got to do the work early and, and everything that we do is with an eye on the future. And, you know, all of our guys, they come from varying levels of experience. You know, we've got some guys that, you know, join up and they've got great work ethics and they can write. And maybe they haven't played fantasy. And, you know, we end up training them how to play fantasy, to be honest. Um, and then we've got experts like we just brought on Eric uh, Ong the other day was uh, a huge pickup for us. So uh, it's a lot of work. Um, I think maybe I'll sleep in a couple years. <laughs> That's what you think. I feel like I, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, but no, it's 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 actually chilled out a little bit, and and I'm actually able to do some forward-looking stuff now versus constantly dealing with the matter of the day. So it's been fun, and I'm really looking forward to what we're doing with the in-season membership. So rather than talk your guys' ears off, I'll hit that real quick. The the in-season membership is. 
uh, following our draft guide. The draft guide was a huge success. Thank you to everybody that bought it. And you know, we had a ton of interest in it, which uh, I thought that we put out a product that was really, really good. I, I think it stands up to anything else that you saw out there in the industry. Uh, the in-season membership is really an extension of that. And what we're doing is trying to put all this interactive content together so people can get immediate takes on all of the day's action and um, do that in a place where it's not quite as busy as the free uh, stuff that you see out there. You know, you got a better chance of getting your questions in. So we're doing uh, Google Hangouts after the night's action. We're doing stuff before the game's action. We're doing it afterwards with pickups of the night with the written written articles. Uh, we've got some tools that are coming out to measure fantasy values. You'd be surprised how few tools there are out there to do exactly that. There's basically Basketball Monster and not a whole lot after that. So we're coming out with tools for that. And... Um, same stuff on the free side so yeah it's a real exciting time and uh excited to talk some hoops with you guys well make sure you guys go check that out hoop-ball.com and follow aaron on twitter at aaron brewski you'll get all that coverage highly suggested especially if you are one of those few that have been re-engaged i mean even if you're not there's a bunch of really cool content in there uh that is you know the sole home of basketball let's get into this because we do have a lot to cover uh, we got player debates, and we've got some questions specifically for you, Aaron. Now, I want to ask you this first one because I know you are, you know, b- buddy Mike Gallagher, all of our buddy. We all know Mike. Uh, you and Mike were definitely at the forefront, and this is not a you know calling out or anything like that because it made sense. But you guys were at the forefront of the Jokic train, at least as far as I can remember. And, and uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. And I always liked because when you looked at the per thirty six with Jokic, that's where the excitement came from. But the thing that I harped on on maybe every single episode to everyone's nauseum was that I felt every ounce of value was stripped out of Jokic. He, he was coming at – I just did not see how he could provide any more value based on how his, on his production was going to go this season. And I worried he was going to go the route of a Valanchunas where they are going to limit his minutes. Well, lo and behold, it's very early in the season, two weeks – he is sitting under that. He's sitting under 24 minutes a game for the most part. Four of his five games have been under 24 minutes, averaging 10.7 rebounds, two assists. We talked about it early. Bogman and I did about our concerns. What about you? How concerned are you about Jokic? Is it early season? Don't worry about it. Is this get ready to sell as soon as he has a big game? Talk to us about Jokic and how you're uh, viewing him right now. I wish I was in more leagues that had trades that that you know that I really cared about because I would be working those those trade angles as hard as I can because Jokic already is at the bottom of his potential you know his output right now is as low as it will ever get this is the best buy low moment that you're ever going to have for him um, my my thinking here is that the the point guard play needs to improve in Denver and and the interesting thing that developed tonight was that Emmanuel Moutier went off for like 30 points they're a young team they've got a lot of moving parts they got trade things that they got to get through never really looked at the early part of the year as the time that Jokic would really hit his stride and I think I probably projected about 27 28 minutes per game at best for him in the early part of the year the thing about Jokic though that's really nice is you don't sense that he has any sort of lingering or not even lingering. We haven't even really heard of any injuries for him. The way he moves is really fluid. He doesn't take a lot of contact. Yes. He bangs down there and he gets boards and he's blocking shots. He's doing all that stuff, but he's not really in there mixing it up like Nurkic is. 
And so you, you get the sense that he's going to be durable. And so when you when you back out all these injury risks in the front court with Nurkic, Fareed, Darrell Arthur, you look at him, he's really going to be the last man standing there. So for the last third of the season at the minimum, I really think that he's going to be playing 32, 33, 34 minutes per game. Whether or not that averages out to 30 minutes per game, it's in question. I actually had him over 30 for my projections. And that's really the basis for where I was at with my high ranking for him. At the top of my head, ended up at like 15 or 16, way higher than anybody else. And I wasn't telling people to draft him there. More or less, I was saying, you're going to have to decide, do you want to reach for somebody? And if so, this is the guy that I think you should reach for. Um, wasn't, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. You always oh, yeah. are. Yes, absolutely. It's not even a swear word because it's combined with another. It's pussyfooting around. I wasn't pussyfooting <laughs> around with no early round value recommendation because that says basically you can, this is a top 50 players, anywhere from one to 50. You know, I'm more or less coming in and I'm saying he's a second round guy and, you know, go ahead and reach. And there were times in drafts and I think when you were at the, I want to say like the five slot in a regular snake draft, you would be looking at Jokic in the late second and thinking to yourself, well, I don't think I'm going to get him. Um, it, it depends on the league. If you were in a Kentucky Derby style format or pardon me, the first round reversal format that a lot of these championship leagues are in, you're not getting that snake back on the other side. So you're not getting Jokic because he wasn't going any later than early third. And so you had to ask yourself, okay, if I'm not going to get him and I think he's going to be the 15th player, you know, do I just take him, you know, even though it's a little early. And so I had crossed that bridge quite a bit. I had him high. Um, I, I still, still really, really like him. You watch him play and he does so much good on the court. And I know Michael Malone from my time covering the Kings or his time with the Kings, I should say, because I still cover the Kings. He's a really good coach that doesn't miss anything on film. So he's not looking at Jokic right now and saying, oh, you know, Jokic is terrible. He's he's looking at Jokic and, and saying, well, we got to get Fareed minutes and we got to get uh, Nurkic minutes and we're going to go small here and I'm going to ride the hot hand. And there's all these extenuating circumstances that have caused this low minute total. So I'm not worried about poor play. I'm not worried about his stat set. If anything, when I projected him, I projected him at like, I don't say like 12 field goal attempts per game without looking at it right in front of me. And this is a guy you could run the offense through legitimately. Well, Bogman, I mean, you know, you, you and I didn't necessarily grab Jokic by the pussyfoot or anything like that, if I could say <laughs> that. But we both – thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll be here I all night. I love this podcast of already, course. by the way. But <laughs> what I will say is we had this conversation a little bit earlier that I can't get to the – I'm not as much of a believer – but I, uh, it, it, given the circumstances, I'm more prone to buy on him if the cost is lower and people are freaking out than I am selling based on what I would have had to have done to get him. If I took him with my second-round pick, I'm not willing to go trade, trade him for Gorgie Jang right now. I'd rather hold, though if I could trade Gorgie Jang to get him, I would do that all day long. And Bogman, you know, you were kind, you're kind of in the same vein, except I think you were a little bit more uh. willing to move Jokic to get a Jang. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I just the whole thing Denver just feels to me like Philadelphia light. Like there's so many guys to get minutes and there's so many minutes to go around and 
and, and I the rotations are strange and I just like I just don't trust any of the Denver situation. Now look, Bruski knows way more about you know Malone than I do. Uh, I've I've never met Malone. I've never I've never covered him or anything like that. So he obviously knows way more. I just it, it's one of those weird feelings I get seeing that situation where most players in Denver I'm not going to want any part of. I have a couple Moutier shares. I have a couple Nurkic shares. And uh, I think I may have Gary Harris in one league. I have Gary Harris. That's all that's I got. It. I got Gary Harris in, in one league, and that's the only Denver share I have. And, and that's all I got just because I don't know how the minutes are going to pan out, and, and it freaks me out. So I, I, I avoid it. Um, but if, uh, you know, uh, you know, Brewski tells me to go buy somebody, I think that's what I'm going to do. But what about my Texas guy? What about Miles Turner, Brewski? Is he the next great big man? And if you're going Turner versus Jokic versus Porzingis, still easily Turner, right? Ooh, man. Okay. So, and, and to kind of clean up your guys' last point, you, this is really the nexus of fantasy basketball. You're you're really sitting there with an asset, and if you're if you don't believe in Jokic, it's a hard. Nobody wants to sell low. It's yeah. a hard yes. choice, but sometimes yeah. it's the best choice. So let's take a set aside a second whatever could happen with this. If you really believe that Jokic is screwed, you got to get out there and make a move because if you're right, now all of a sudden, instead of getting an early round asset for him, you might only get like a top 75 guy. But do you so think you yeah. can get the early asset though? Because my argument earlier in the show yeah, was, yeah. I want to wait till he strings off two games and I, I want to sell him for that preseason hype again where I don't know. I think I think the, the Jokic seller wants the preseason value right now, but the person buying will not give it. So I think Jokic trades are at an impasse, and I think the only place to do it is you got to do it after he strung off a few games, and then you sell at the high. That's the only way I want to do it. But then if he strings off those good games, are you going to want to sell him? I will want to sell him. I would rather <laughs> go down with the you have to be disciplined. If right. you really believe that, and you, it's that's the thing. It's like, so say you, you develop your belief, and then you go with it. If the two games hit, you got to get out there and also pre-market this, but like sell, like get out there and don't get, don't buy back into the hype that you, you didn't believe in unless you see something that changes your mind. I mean, it could obviously change your mind on, any, on anything. Yeah. Hey, Nurkic but, uh, goes down, Nurkic goes down and he's all of a sudden playing 29 minutes in the next week. That, that changes Reed everything. Gets traded, yeah, sure. you know, I mean, just minutes free up. It just seems like it seems really log jammy. In, in it's, it's hard. Denver is, you know, the t- like a stay away team, you know, for, for yeah. many years. And the only reason that this year I've gotten in on Gary Harris and, and Jokic is, you know, Jokic is his own situation. We already talked about that. But like Gary Harris has been guaranteed his minutes by, you know, Michael Malone in quotes. So, you know, that that piece is at least full. But, yeah, there's so much going on there. And I really believe that they're marketing guys like Wilson Chandler, Will Barton, Kenneth Fareed. Um, you, you hope that they ease up the log jam, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be really a a phenomenal little story there or big story for fantasy hoops is, is, does Jokic live up to the hype and, and how's that all going to play out? And 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 there's a lot of, it's pretty much a known commodity right now is that everybody in Denver that covers a team, it's got a pretty good press there for a smaller market. They, they want to see 24 minutes for Jokic, 24 minutes for Nurkic at center, and for them to split eight minutes. 
Malone's not as neat and tidy as that with his rotations. Again, he does ride the hot hand. He doesn't put up with anything. So if if one so somebody's not playing hard, they're not going to get played. That hasn't been the case with Jokic, but he has been a little uncomfortable out on the perimeter and lining them up in the starting lineup together. The original plan, which the, you know you you want to set a plan out and follow it for at least four to eight games. And you started to hear Michael Malone talk about changing the starting lineup. And really, it was a shot across the bow to Emmanuel Moutier. Kid, you got to get it together. Otherwise, I got to make the move because the offense is stagnant. And then you see Moutier get it together. And it helped that that his friend, Gary Harris, was back in the lineup. So Malone, though, he will will take a guy out. And and it makes it a little dicey. But the, the Denver media wants to see 24 and 24 and then eight minutes together. And really, that's that should be the way that they do it. I mean, they, if they can't do that, if they can't find eight minutes for these two to play together, that would be pretty ridiculous. <laughs> and, and, and Nurkic is going to be great in the second unit if they really go that direction because he loves – I mean, the ball goes into him and he's going to do something. With it. He's going to score, rebound – or pardon me, score, assist, or get his own rebound. I mean, he's a stat factory. and um, It is – is Miles Turner the complete opposite of Jokic right now? Like, is he a guy that you sell high? Uh, well, that's yeah, he is because he's a first round value right now, and he's not going to be for the rest of the year. He's not going to block three shots a game. I, I mean, if he does, the, your earlier question of is he going to be the next great big man? You know, that does come into play because if you're blocking three shots a game and you're shooting threes and hitting them, and you have an arsenal of moves, you basically become Carl Anthony Towns. I likened him. I likened him to like a cousin's light. He's cousins without the turnovers. That that's almost what Miles Turner, if he comes to fruition, ends up being. The points aren't quite there, obviously, because cousins is like twenty five, twenty seven a game. Those have to build. But to me, he was almost the the cousins without the turnovers. We're having the hardest time finding a comp for him, to be honest. We were trying to do it on the Cousin Brew Show, and the best we could come up with was like a different Sean Kemp. You know, like, yeah, well, there's he, no he, like. Miles Turner, you know, before the season started last year, this is a point I always make, and it because it blows my mind. They they were saying he didn't run right, you know. He he went from learning how to run a different way to becoming you know a potential All Star player in a year and a half. So how much more room is there to grow? It's pretty it's pretty incredible what he's done. He's so a very mobile. He's kind of like Carl Anthony Towns actually. I mean, he's pretty mobile um, inside outside game. A lot of versatility can put the ball on the ground a couple dribbles and, and really command it defensively he's there um, doing stupid rookie stuff last year but I mean he was also able to make the two big lineup work last year and that tells you a little bit about a big man if they can do something like that in today's NBA so I see all of the upsides for Miles Turner the things that make me worry about him other than just kind of general injury risk is he sometimes can be a light rebounder um, is he going to continue to be this prolific? I don't know. I had him at like a top 60 value coming into the year, and I'm probably low on that. But I, I don't know. I think if you can trade and get something in the top 40, I, I think you got to at least look at the deal. If I you mean, own this, Turner, this, would you trade yes. him for Jokic? Yep. Oh, yep. absolutely. Yep. <laughs> in a second. Without even blinking, I would do wow. that deal right now. And you guys can hold my feet to the fire if it doesn't pan out. But I would, without question. <laughs> well, because we talked about right the inverse. We talked about the inverse. Could the Jokic owner get Miles Turner? I don't think 
the Miles Turner owner will trade him for Jokic. I yeah, don't think I, so. I don't You're probably think so. right. You're probably right because it's so hard. I mean, look at the numbers, man. I mean, how yeah. do you get rid of that? But I, I'm, I'm that's ballsy. That's what like, you're talking I, about being disciplined, right? I just, I just made a two hundred and fourteen dollar bid for Justin Hamilton in my, my biggest, you know, Jesus. fantasy. Yeah, out of a two hundred seventeen out of a thousand Fab dollars, I went, you know, that big on Justin Jesus. Hamilton because those guys are, they're cold blooded killers in that league. And how many look, teams? Man, it's a twelve team league with sixteen players on the roster, and it's got easily the the, the best fantasy players in in the world. Really, wow. I, I mean, unless they're out there somewhere else and they, they don't ever talk to anybody, these are the guys. And I mean, so the nearest bid was a hundred and forty, I want to say. But yeah, I mean, like I just believe in Justin Hamilton, so I'm going to go at it because if you don't, you know. You're, you're gonna get cut somehow. Yeah, um, that's that's interesting to hear. Okay, so so let's let's focus on performance here for a second. This is a good kind of transition because I think we've we we've moved through Jokic and Turner. We've created the value systems across both. Where I think all of us, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. This is a good baseline we've set. But I want to focus on performance for a second because there is a player that performance comparative to their their peripherals of like you know injuries. This is the guy. This is what it's all built around, and the performance on the on the onset has been elite. And I'm talking about Anthony Davis. I'm talking about the disgusting unibrow player, who I love except for the unibrow. <laughs> it has been incredible. He's the leader of the stuff and things. He's doing everything at an elite level. He looks like the 2014-15 AD. Are you rethinking and possibly moving ranks with Anthony Davis moving forward. I don't know where you necessarily stood your personal philosophy on his injury risk, you know. It, was it more of a it's not a win, it's not a if it's a win type of thing? How are you viewing Anthony Davis in this early amazing performance where he looks like the guy that was the number 1 overall player? Before we handle that, can we get to the important question of do you guys have like a theme song for the stuff and things? Uh, we, yeah, like, I'm working on a shirt. Uh, you know what? That you just blew my mind, Bruski. We have a theme and a sounder and a parody damn thing for. We have a song for Marching Gortat. We call him SpongeBob Gortat Pants. I have a John Wall, Chris Paul rap. I have a Poor Zingod sounder, and I don't have a, a damn stuff and thing sounder. Why do we not have that, Scott? Do -do 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 I have no idea. Do -do 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 stuff and things. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, I love it. We just made it. <laughs> There now you you're go. a part of so, it. Now you're um, a part of it. Awesome. So Anthony Davis, I had him higher than I think everybody else. I'm not sure. It it was like uh, he finished at six in the Brewski 150. And I want to say he jumped to five and nine cat. I might oh, be wrong. Yeah, I think that's right. He, um, you look at his four years, never once playing more than 70 games. That alone, I I, kept, I just kept staring at that, and I, I said, you know, it, at some point he has to cross the 70 game threshold. I mean, yeah, he's injury prone and, you know, I mean, it's 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 as bad as it is. That's but, like saying this roulette table's got to hit black at some point. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. You you look at all these projections and I do it once a year and I look at 400 players projections. and I spend this god awful amount of hours. I can't recall one NBA player that of, you know, of consequence that didn't crack 70 games like not one. Mm. I mean, I'm really struggling to think like anybody that was good that never made it over the margin. And I said to myself, I was like, well, if he's going to do it, he's got to do it like now. 
you know, before the injuries pile up. It's kind of so like the I Chris Paul got, factor too. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like we had the when we started this podcast, we were in where like Chris Paul was just never finishing a season without missing twenty games, and then all of a sudden he's rattled off like a couple straight years of health, and he, and you can I think finally it's pretty draft clear him. that we're his luck. Yeah, we are. We his luck. are Chris Paul. But you're luck. right about that, Bruce. You're right. Like of significance, how many of these guys aren't playing at least seventy? That, that's what just kept hitting me, and then so I said to myself, you had a top five that was pretty well defined. You know, um, Steph and, and Kevin Durant and James Harden and um, Russell Westbrook and Carl Anthony Towns. And so I just I had Hassan Whiteside and I had Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard right there with him as far as projected numbers. And when you crunch everything, how does it spit out? And I just with, with that kind of upside, I had him at six. I love and it. So that's I, so I, I'm, I'm probably higher than most. And so looking at all this stuff. I I don't know if I move him into the top five or not. That's that's where I, I, I kind of still draw the line because, yeah, he is as injury risky as possible. And the, and the Hornets, or pardon me, the Pelicans, they, they're not winning. And so are you going to take chances with Anthony Davis down the stretch? You're not. So do you think he's a sell? So, He's a sell high. I mean, this is. I mean, he Jesus. is kind of a. Yeah, he is kind of a sell high. But the thing is, is, is the market so soft because of everybody thinking the obvious and and not treating him as a top five asset. Yeah. No, you're right. If, if you're, you're not like getting the top five player, and then nobody ever gives you the same amount of value in return if you've got the elite player. I mean, to sell Anthony Davis, you almost have to get two low end first rounders. And, and people don't understand the math behind that. You're right. You would and, need like Hassan Whiteside and Damian Lillard, and no one's going to do that. Yeah, they're just not going to do it. So I think you're just going to sit there and, and, I mean, man, he didn't in that first game. They didn't even get him the ball. He was he went that fifty ten seven or whatever the hell the line was, and he didn't even get fed the ball. It's just mind boggling what they got going on with him. And uh, so yeah, that'll be a fun one though. I'm gonna go down it's with just the ship. so good, but it's it's the exact thing you said about being disciplined. And if you if you are like me and you think Anthony Davis is gonna play sixty games, trade him while he's hot, it, it, you you probably should be doing it now. All right, the last one we have here is um, Darren Collison. He's gonna come back this week. Let us know what you think about him coming back after the suspension and. How bad does it hurt Lawson? Is he droppable? Should you still keep him? What What are you doing with Ty Lawson? Lawson is um, he? I think he has a backer in Dave Yeager, and there's backers in the front office as well. But he has been bad, and it's gotten. It, he had a good, nice start for the first two games, and he has progressively gotten worse. And I don't know exactly. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of that too much. But um, they bring in Jordan Farmer, and they're playing better with Jordan Farmer. And Jordan Farmer was more or less going to make the team over him for a brief moment in time before the Kings changed their mind. And so that was obviously connected to the whole uh, missed flight and all of that stuff. But um, I wonder, and I, I think he's got enough backing to survive this, but from a pure basketball perspective, I think that Jordan Farmer fits his roster better. And so if Jaeger decides that's the case, I don't know that Lawson survives this next, um, you know, these next couple days because they're going to have to drop somebody from their roster in order to um, to, to put Darren Collison back on. Now, as far as uh, 
Darren Collison coming back and, and knocking Ty's value, he's going to destroy it. It's going right. to be non-existent. And the Kings offense has been so gummed up. Lawson refuses to shoot. It's the weirdest thing. And I, I don't know what kind of confidence issue he's got going on right now or what, but he just will not shoot. The offense will not move. And the Kings are desperate in the in the worst way for Darren Collison's offense, which says something about this team's offensive basketball. But yeah, it's gonna be Darren Collison probably thirty three minutes a game and I don't I wouldn't be surprised if Ty plays less than twenty. How much do you love Collison moving forward, just real quick? Just I mean, I he's a guy yeah. I bought I have a I have him in a lot of leagues. I have Sergio Rodriguez in a lot of leagues because I had him as my placeholder until Collison comes back and I feel like he is going to thrive. I had Collison in a top fifty position with a ten game suspension in my head. Whew. And then I, I saw him kind of struggle with the offense, and I bumped him down to like 75. This was 8-cat, I want to add. And um, the then I, I lost the concerns about his role in the offense. I moved him back up to like 55 or something. His, his game is going to be nice. So you're going to want to rate him as like a top 60-ish player, and he might be available on some waiver wires. I don't know. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's going to be uh, – they just need his offense. It's it's pretty bad. Like they don't have anybody outside of Rudy A that can even get a shot besides Marcus. And so yeah, he's gonna get in there. And he's gonna put up big numbers. And so if anybody's sleeping on that right now, you need to get that offer in. Well, and if yeah, you guys I are- can't. Like if he's on your wire, you know, you play no in a league of rubes and go get him. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. It's <laughs> an absolute no brainer. Well, uh, outside of even just going to hoopdashball.com for coverage, you know, you can always get that great insider coverage on the Kings. From Aaron Bruski, our buddy Nick Jones out there, he just won some free tickets via no halftime, and he's going to go out to a Kings game. So, uh, Bruski, you got to look out into the stands and look for that in this league gear. We got some, uh, we got some Northern Cal uh, uh, ITL uh, division out there. That's pretty sweet, and he'll be going to that new arena, which was sick. I mean, you go to this thing, and it's just like uh, it's like a mall mixed with a space station. I don't know. It's it's and they got some it's like weird a modern stadium. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. yeah, a real one. Maybe maybe we're just used to the cow, you know, the whatever they it, it's Arco, but it feels like you're in some like cow palace thing. I don't know if you guys you you guys are from the Bay. Right? I am I'm from the Bay Area. Or, I'm originally from the, the Bay. The, uh, yeah, this is like the cow palace from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's get this. Uh, we got some player yeah. debates to cover, though. Uh, but I just wanted people to know, you know, if you're looking for that coverage, Collison was a very specific question we needed to ask because you're going to get great Kings coverage and you're just going to get great fantasy coverage. Always following Brewski. And everywhere you go, watch out for that ITL gear. We're uh, we're slowly invading in all the places. But we got worldwide. player debates. We're, we're uh, prestige worldwide. Uh, but <laughs> we got some player debates to get to, so let's go do it. ITL Player Debates. All right, gentlemen, Player Debates. We've got three good debates here. It is player versus player rest of season. Now, obviously, it gets muddied with eight and nine cat. We try to do our best to answer the question um, in a vacuum, but, you know, sometimes we just can't, you know, there's a very, very particular way that it has to answer. I think we avoid that here with any eight, nine cat stuff. But the first one up, we're going to start with you, Aaron. Rest of season. The very, very hot Avery Bradley, Bogman, hook it. Hook em. All right, Avery Bradley uh, versus Zach Levine. Who do you want rest of season? Zach Levine going, 
maybe a full round before Avery Bradley, maybe two, to be honest with you. But Avery Bradley uh, is uh, right now performing at a top 25 clip as far as uh, fantasy goes. So if you had to pick one of these guys rest of season, who's the player that you want? I'm going to do what everybody does, and I'm going to talk about the person that I'm not going to take first because yeah. you say all the, sort of, all the good stuff about them first, and then you move <laughs> into the thing about your player being better. It's I'm going to go with – actually, I'll do it opposite. I'm going to go Avery Bradley here. here here's why. He has taken a massive step forward this season with his offensive game, and it is just beautiful to watch. And he's rebounding, just putting that athleticism to use. And I don't think that's changing. They're, they're not great rebounders in that front court there. And so I think the guards are coming back to get the ball. Isaiah's not going to get a lot of rebounds. I think he's going to have this kind of breakout season. And it's uh, – it's pretty cool to watch because a lot of people didn't have a lot of faith in the guy. And then Zach Levine, I, I love Zach Levine. I actually think he's kind of like Russell Westbrook white or like the chill version of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and watching those two go at each other the other day was awesome. Um, they can kind of get the same shots where they just speed dribble and rise above their opponent. Um, Levine's just going to have too many mouths to feed around him. And, and I think with Avery's stat set, I, I'm pretty excited about Avery Bradley threatening top 40 value this year. Bogman, Avery Bradley is averaging 8.2 rebounds a game. I know. Three <laughs> double-digit rebound games. I know it just it, it soothes your heart to see mm. a Longhorn doing what he's doing. But Zach Levine, much to, you know, much talked about in the circles of uh, Rubio leaving and him kind of taking that massive role. So, what do you think? Can uh, can Zach Levine defeat Zach Levine defeat the uh, Avery Bradley Longhornness, or what do you got? No, I mean, of course, I'm going to go with my Longhorn Avery Bradley. But, you know, I, I think one of the big things here is that, I, you know, Bradley is going to be fairly consistent, whereas Zach Levine, to me, is he's going to have big scoring nights. He's going to have off-scoring nights. You've kind of already seen it a little bit in, in Minneapolis, especially with Cat and Gorgie Jang. Like, it seems like one of those guys is having a big night uh, scoring every night, and the other guy is doing – you know, all the normal stuff and things that, that we want. But I think uh, it's fairly close. But, I mean, you got to take Bradley for all the stuff Bruski said. I mean, he's this is the big step in his career. Now, when Levine takes that step, he'll probably surpass a lot of point guards uh, and a lot of shooting guards. But I think right now you got to go Bradley. And it's not really particularly too close, but it is, you know, it is kind of close. Well, this one's interesting, and it's funny you said that about Zach Levine because I, I don't know if he ever is going to – I don't know if he can take that move to becoming a true Russell Westbrook type of guy, like a point guard, because I just don't know if that exists in him. I wonder if he's always going to be this uh, – you know, if, if the, the best-case scenario is a shooting guard in a point guard's body – and I don't know if I don't know if he can pull that off at a James Harden clip. He's always going to be a points guy. He's going to do a few of the things. But Avery Bradley, it's pretty phenomenal too with the guard game that they have there because Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart, who both seem to be players that look like they were going to push in for minutes with Isaiah Thomas, and then everyone's talking about Avery Bradley getting some room. Avery Bradley, he's the guy right now. Amazing field goal percentages from a guard. The rebounds, like uh, Bruschi said, they're just off the charts. He's getting you some assists. 
an incredible guy to put uh, like this is the key guy i think we even talked about this in the preseason when you did the no point guard draft and you were taking the no point guards you had to pinpoint some of the stuff and things players but you needed to get a couple guards avery bradley was one i kept targeting he's great in nine cat he's doing it all over the board i really like him and i think you might still be able to get him at some of that cheaper cost he does this for two more weeks he's going to be viewed all around as a top 30 player. I think you could still sneak in some value and get him moving forward at a cheaper cost of people being like, "Ooh, I'm selling Bradley high." So I'm going to I'm going to sweep it with everybody here and go Avery Bradley. The next one, Bruski, uh, to me is easy. So I'll I'll let you guys answer first and then I'll answer. It's Joel Embiid versus Jonas Valančiūnas. Um, Embiid has been incredible. Valančiūnas, we keep waiting for him to take that next step. It seems to be, you know, he has flashes of it, and then he goes back to being hurt. Um, but Embiid has missed two years, so that has to factor in somewhere. Uh, who are you taking between these two? Is this one on me? Because I've been staring at this one. Oh, yeah. That this one's on you. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's a question later maybe that, that might get answered with this, this gentleman's name. Joel Embiid is freaking me out. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around what he's capable of doing and it's freaking me out man. i love it. i just i wanted you to say that you're freaking me out man <laughs> seriously he's in four threes in a game is that right did i get that right i i don't 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 know if i believe it but it i guess it happened did that happen yeah brewski yeah. we did a stat earlier because someone asked I, on a trade that did you know that clay thompson and joel Embiid are averaging the same amount of threes a game so far this season I, I mean, I saw it. I mean, I literally saw it. I'm pretty sure I even wrote it up. And I'm still to this day like, did I not see that? I mean, I might have been seeing things. No. Yeah, it's – uh. so this all comes down if he stays healthy, right? I mean, really, that's yeah. the bet here. And so Jonas, or Jonas Valanciunas is – I mean, he missed tonight's game um, against the Kings. And uh, I, I don't think that that's too serious, but – there's just uh, always this question mark about Jonas, and I and I ask myself like, okay, so if he's going to be a top fifty guy, mind you, he had the worst preseason and the worst Olympics, and the Olympics he looked like a guy that shouldn't be on the floor. And I know that they got problems with with the coach there, and and there's a history there, so you can't really wait that. But you just you you just kept remembering the playoffs and saying to yourself, okay, that's going to be what he's going to be. Um, I had him ranked pretty highly. I think top 40, top 50. But now I'm looking at Embiid and I'm going, okay, you might catch lightning in a bottle with this kid. I mean, look at Hassan Whiteside. I remember looking at Hassan Whiteside when he came into the league and I had like three really good centers on this high money, this high stakes team. And I said, you know what? I believe he's going to be good, but I have three really good centers and I'm just not going to chase that. And then he goes in there and he puts up first round value for, for a stretch. And you're like, okay, which next time, who cares how many centers you have? Just pick them up. And um, that's kind of where I'm looking at Embiid and, and thinking, did I miss the boat on this? Because I know a lot of other people were way more aggressive than I was there. And um, I'm very tempted to take the upside. And then I ask myself, okay, so Embiid's not going to play in back-to-backs here and there. Um, but like, how hurt can he really be if they're letting him play at all? At some point, he's got to play. And at some point in time, he's going to um, – you know, be okay. He's going to be okay. He's not, but there's a potential for him to be okay. And if he plays 30 minutes a game for this team, 
I, I don't know, man. I, I I feel like we could be looking at Hassan Whiteside again. Did you? So I'm gonna take Embiid. I'm gonna take Embiid. I'm gonna take Embiid, and I'm gonna hate it. So if you offered me Embiid for my Jonas Valanciunas today, I would hit the submit button and take Joel Embiid. <laughs> you got. And I hate myself. You got. Am right, Bruski. <laughs> I said earlier I will be shocked if next year Joel Joel Embiid, you know, pending any catastrophic injury or anything like that, isn't a top two round player next year. I was one of those incredibly aggressive players on him this year. I'm so pissed off. I let Nader get Embiid from me, and I let him get Nurkic from me in the No Halftime Pros League, which you are a part of. I'm so pissed off I did that because Joel Embiid is my guy. I flippantly call uh, Valanchunas valueless, uh, which he is not valueless, <laughs> but you know what? He's finally getting the minutes, and it's just it's it's okay. It's fine. His first game, that first game of the season, 32 points, 11 rebounds, you know, you can just like walk around the room and you're like, yep. What I say, guys. But then since then, it's been like, eh, I don't know. It's been like him of old, and he's injured. He's not necessarily the pillar of health either. So I look at a guy like Joel Embiid, who they've already pushed the limits of these quote-unquote minutes restrictions. Those are already getting thrown out the window. He's already not going to necessarily miss back-to-backs. And they're now saying that they're going to review, come December, his minute restriction moving forward and everything we have seen has been just incredible. One game he hasn't had a block, but all the others, 2-2, two, 4-4. Two, four, four. I love Joel Embiid. I, I mean, it's, it's a pretty obvious one, probably, as Bogman's answer is going to be obvious. I think he's going to be a top-two-round player next season. I am going to go Joel Embiid moving forward because I think the risk is actually pretty low compared to Valanchunas because he's just also an injury risk guy. So give me Joel Embiid. I, I, well, I don't agree that the risk is low. Uh, it, it, even compared to Valanciunas, I think the risk is much, much higher for Embiid. I, you know, because how good was Greg Oden for a stretch? You know what I mean? Was like, he? W- yeah, yeah, he was really good for a while. He was, I think, yeah, for a little bit there, he was pretty good. And, and it, it's is that nineteen forty two because that's about it's always, where he still looks like his age. <laughs> You don't want to get caught up into, oh, man, he's so good. He's so good. He's going to be a top two-round player this early. But when you see him play and you look at what he's doing, you're like, how can you not get swept up in that? Joel Embiid is so damn good right now, and he's only averaging 21 minutes a game. Imagine if he got 30 minutes a game, the numbers he would put up. He'd be just like Anthony Davis. He's Jokic. Uh, he's, every, mean, he's Jokic this year. That's what he is next he's year. What he's what people Jokic. wanted Jokic. He's what you know. We wanted out of Jokic, absolutely. There's a couple other things at play. He's mean. Like he wants the ball. Yes. There's there's no question what what he wants to do when he's on the floor. And he and Shaq, you know not yeah and and like Marky Mark said, he's got the touch. I mean, he he literally he actually can shoot the ball. <laughs> and so it's this is this is kind of uncharted territory. I mean, this is what you saw in Draft Express before you know the draft, obviously. And um, it's all playing out. And I mean, man, it's it's just it's a perfect fit there. You, you've got not a lot of talent. Um, the, the, yeah, they got a logjam at center, but they're not going to play Jaleel Okafor over Joel Embiid. They're not comparable players. Embiid is so much better than him already. It's so, it's pretty it, pretty wild stuff. Bogman, please it, take it, Valanciunas it, now. No way. Okay. Not a chance. Jo- Jonas Valanciunas, Jonas, whatever you want to say his name that won't matter. Not going to work here anymore. He's, yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's white Tyson Chandler, and I don't need that on my team. Wow. He, yeah, he gets a bunch comp. of he gets a bunch of boards. He gets a bunch of points on on, on some nights. I mean, way more points than than Tyson Chandler gets. But uh, he's not blocking shots. He's point eight per game. He doesn't steal. He doesn't assist. And he doesn't turn the ball over because he doesn't need to handle it that much. I know that there's a lot of opportunity in Toronto because there's literally no one backing him up. But how is a guy that has been beat up his whole career going to find more success, getting more usage and more minutes? I don't see like the logic doesn't doesn't add up. That train there's is not two, coming through time through through town there's here. There's two things that I want to point out that have been popped in my head right now is one is if he's a top 40 50 value he's i want to say he's replaceable to be honest like the 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 bunching of ranks between 40 and 80 it's not that big so there's a kind of a misconception about what a top 40 guy is compared to a top 80 guy it's really closer than people think so that's one um two the fit in toronto is not great for him because you got two ball dominant guards and so you're not going to take the ball out of their hands. I mean, yeah, you might if the matchup's right and go to Valanciunas. But I think what happens still is they go, all right, we got enough offense on the floor with these two guards, and they're going to have the ball in their hands a lot. Why are we sacrificing it on the defensive side when teams are downsizing against us? So you know what? We got to yank you. And I don't know that he's going to get the 31 minutes a game or 30 minutes per game this year. So, yeah. It's, 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 it's a fun JV one. for Surge. JV oh, for J- Surge. Uh, JV all day. Well, yeah, but I'm saying Toronto and Orlando should do that deal. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, that would be. An, I, just, I know. I, I want to get surge like out of Orlando. Yeah, so I know. Bad, you're just dying. I have so many surge. Shares. I don't think it helps him too much. All right. Well, let's get to this last one here. We talked about Anthony Davis. Talked a little bit about Carl Anthony Towns. But now, let's pit these two up against each other. I always, I, I feel like we definitely hit some big names in the debates, uh, uh, kind of like we didn't do last week. We said we want to we want to pair it out each week where we're talking about some smaller names maybe you could pick up. We went a little big this week. This is the ultimate big, and I think this is the only point that you can have this conversation with these two because it's going to start to... The story is going to start to tell itself and become obvious where we're so early in the season. This, com- this part of the conversation is fun to have. So, Anthony Davis versus Carl Anthony Towns rest of season let's start with you bogman uh well uh, anthony davis is the number one number two player in fantasy but you can't trust him to stay healthy for anything more than 60 games so i have to take carl anthony towns and uh, i don't it's not easy especially with the way that anthony davis is playing but this is like this is the thing that that brewski's talked about we had dr a on here talking about the same thing with Anthony Davis last week. If you stick to your guns that Anthony Davis is going to miss time like he does every single year, you have to trade him at peak value, and that is right now. So if somebody offered me uh, Carl Anthony Towns for Anthony Davis, I'm taking that deal. Uh, You know, it's not like for me everything is black and white. You know how I'm just like, yep, I'm taking that deal. Yeah, yeah, sure. I have my analysis done. But it's tough to trade AD at his peak. But if if that's the way you thought coming into the season, you have to abide by that. You can't just say this guy's really hot now. I want to keep him. You have to stick to your guns. And I would say I got to take Cat. All right, I'm going to answer this because I want us to finish with our uh, with our guest here. I can't tell you how much I want to say Anthony Davis right now. Like I'm just putting that out there because I, I'm going to say Carl Anthony Towns. The only reason 
is the consistency of based on the injury. I mean, Carnthy Towns, I don't think, missed a game last year. We, we've talked at nauseum about how much time Anthony Davis misses. But I want to say Anthony Davis. If I believed and if I just knew, and I just need one season of this, if I could get 70 to 74 games out of Anthony Davis, 75 games, and I'm getting the production of what he's putting up right now, I think it's got to be Anthony Davis. His numbers, it's still early, obviously, but 30 points, almost 12 rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks, two turnovers, and amazing percentages. He is the guy. If he plays 82, he's the number one player. I mean, it's not, you know... It's really not that debatable unless, you know, Curry goes nuts again. But Carl Anthony Towns has come down a notch, not to like the, the value of who he is isn't changing. But if you're if you're looking for a massive jump, we may have we may have seen a player that hit who they are so quickly. And you look at a team with the Timberwolves where they're trying to get Shabazz Muhammad involved. You've got Zach Levine. You've got this point guard situation. Andrew Wiggins is, is holding forward and Gorgie Jang is taking a step forward. I don't see a player that's going to move up to 29 points a game, 11 rebounds. I just think that what you're seeing, which is great value, I don't think he, I don't know if he can hit the number one overall player this year, where if Davis plays, I think he is. Bruce, so you you're think? taking? I'm going to take Towns, but I swear to God, it's like if the wind blows one, or if, if Bruski says one thing to sway me, I might say Anthony Davis. <laughs> Bruski could change this whole thing if he goes if he goes rogue here, but it's on Bruski. Yeah, now I'm just afraid if I if I'm saying the opposite of what I said earlier. Um, no, I I'm going to go with Carl Anthony Towns here, and the reason being is. He's still feeling out his ceiling, and uh, and watching his games so far, they're not quite going to him the way that they probably should be. And at the same time, he's already jumped his field goal attempts up. Everything's kind of in the right spot, actually. He's jumped his field goal attempts up. You know, his efficiency has slipped a little bit. Uh, he's shooting more threes, Can and then that's a great sign threes, that he's yeah. actually better. He, he's he's almost tripled his three point output. He's hitting half of them. Um, his, his field goal percentage is held up. And so that tells you that, you know, he's on the right track. His free throw percentage is actually down. That's a major outlier right there. Um, the, the rebounds aren't great. Um, the steals and blocks are kind of, um, they're down, but not down too much. I think this small sample size and, and with the big eye popping numbers that you're seeing out of guys like Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Anthony Davis, you're, you're seeing people kind of, I think, jump off the cat bandwagon when really they should be looking at this and saying, okay, he played 82 games last year. He doesn't play this overly physical brand of ball. He could easily drop another 78 games, 79 or even 82 games really. And, um, the, the wolves still have yet to figure out how to feature him. I worry about Tom Thibodeau a little bit. His offenses have always been bad. Um, but he's also a guy that's going to want to win at all costs. So he'll play in those 82 games He'll play him extra minutes. He's at 34.4 minutes per game right now. Gorgie Jang has stepped his game up quite a bit. Um, I don't know that that's going to impact Cat too much. Um, Anthony Davis, I think we mentioned this earlier, is he's got to play more than 70 games at some point in time. And you're absolutely right. If Anthony Davis plays more than 70 games, he's he could get the number one pick. Um, you know, assuming he continues to do what he has been doing and what happened last year to him is he lost his efficiency and that's the biggest probably the 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 one caveat that pushes me 
um, to take Cat here is the, the Pelicans are losing. They could easily sit him at the end of this year, just like um, they did this last year. And the other thing that could hurt uh, Anthony Davis is if he loses all his teammates again, that's when the efficiency went really downhill for him last year. And that actually keeps him from being you know, the Anthony Davis that you think you're getting uh, that threat to be the number one over, overall value. So you throw it all in a blender and I'm going to take Carl Anthony Towns and I'm actually going to feel pretty good about it. Yeah. And, and I, and I want to, you know, there's two things here, statements I want to make. Carl Anthony Towns, how I make it sound. I'm, I'm almost kind of pooing on him. He's really good. I mean, he is doing <laughs> he all is. the stuff. He's doing threes, which Anthony Davis really isn't doing. And, and I touted Towns as the number you know, five overall pick or number one in Dynasty, and it, and it was easy. So I'm there with you, and I'm still taking Towns. It's just I'm so intrigued by Anthony Davis. And I want to put out one point here, and it may answer itself as well. Something I look at with premium players like this, and the, and the argument is made with a guy um, like Anthony Davis on a team that's necessarily not going to win, where we talk about, hey, you know, probably not going to play him towards the back end of the season. I don't see the Pelicans taking the throttle back at all with Anthony Davis. He has played 40 minutes in three of his six games so far this season. For a player who's had chronic injuries, if the team were incredibly worried about his future, you'd think they would taper it down into the early 30s to start the season. They're either not worried or they're stupid. And it could be the latter that they're stupid. I'm worried about the latter, actually, because <laughs> their their record there is terrible for their, their their training staff and how they've handled injuries. And they also have an ownership squabble. I wonder about the, the stability of that organization. And I feel like Alvin Gentry knows that, yeah, he's got last year was a mulligan or whatever. But I feel like this year, if they don't get anything, he's looking at this and saying, look, they're going to try to get Anthony Davis out of here and say that the organization's unfit to keep him. And I got to win as many games as I can right now. Otherwise, I might be out of a job. And that's why they're playing him so much so early. So, yeah, I may answer I, that, by the way, a little quick story. And then we're going to get out of here is uh, I was uh, in a building. Alvin Gentry, because he worked for the Suns, um, walks into an elevator. He's standing next to a woman and this beautiful woman walks up and uh, she's like, hold the elevator. And Alvin just stands there and it starts to close. And he just puts his shoulder up and he went sorry and he just went up the elevator and this beautiful woman just looked over to me and i was like i don't know what to tell you it's alvin gentry <laughs> so to that point i think maybe it was the latter maybe they are just stupid so uh but he I is and that's a true story for a hot chick that's a true story by Go the on. way he had all the time in the world he just didn't hold it for her. but uh that is aaron brewski on twitter at aaron brewski hoop-ball.com is the place that you want to check out I'll all the, the great content for you aaron yeah, we're always holding oh, the elevator hey, for aaron brewski thanks guys yeah that that's amazing that's a terrible story <laughs> it is a terrible story and it's a thousand percent true and it's like less than two years old and i was like hey that's alvin gentry and then the girl walks up and he just he was not holding the elevator one bit and he just shrugged his shoulders too it was great he's just like eh, sorry Sorry, but we're not sorry to have you on. We love talking basketball with you, Aaron. We are going to have you. We're going to probably at nauseum want you on this season uh, as much as we can. You know, everybody always says stuff like that. And then the other person always says, oh, yeah, anytime. No, but seriously, I really enjoy these discussions. So you guys 
please do um, take me up on it because th- this has been a great discussion. That that Embiid versus Valanciunas discussion was just awesome. So anytime, please take me up. And we'd love to have you guys. I know Dan's been talking about you guys incessantly. So if anything, for Dan, <laughs> could you guys please come back on the show? We're always well. Oh, we're, we'll cry. We're yeah. going to get Dan on. We'll get you on. Uh, all the good things are happening in the independent world of fantasy basketball at InThisLeague.com and Hoop-Ball.com. All right, Aaron, we're going to let you get back to it. We love you, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace, guys. All right, there you go, our buddy Aaron Bruski. Always a great conversation. We could probably go for hours. Don't know if you would listen, but I know that we could do it. Imagine we could even get a nice little roundtable. Dan Brespis, Aaron Bruski, Bogman the Welsh. It's lit. It's on. Aaron also, by the way, has joined us in the No Halftime Pros League. NoHalftime.com. Go check them out. Download the app. Get on your player versus player matchups. Fantasy basketball is a awesome, awesome place to be uh, using No Halftime. Go win yourself some money. When you do it, use the promo code ITL16. That's going to hook you up with a 100% match deposit up to 100 bucks plus 10 free dollars if you have never used a promo code. That's how cool No Halftime is. And they have set this awesome industry league that we've put together. It's Bogman, myself, uh, Brewski's in it, all the Roto World guys, Chris Towers. Uh, we've got uh, Justin Fensterman, Frank Stumpel from FNTSY. They're all joining us in this awesome league. Uh, week two in the books. Bogman matchups went as such. Bogman and Frank, you guys tied. Yep. Uh, I whooped up on uh, FNTSY's oh FNTSY's own Dan Strafford and Joe Pizapia, the Black Book team, six to three. Uh, Jonas Nader beat up on Justin Fensterman, seven to two. Gallagher lost to Joe Mitchell from the ITL Army. Woo! Seven yeah. to two. Joe beat him. Brewski went down to uh, Greg from OfficialFantasyRings.com, five to four. Uh, Steve Alexander, Dr. A beat Steve Connell five to three and, uh, Bida beat Chris Tower six to two. The most important thing to know is the Welsh is still in first place. First place for the Welsh. I am in 13th place, uh, out of 14. I'm in the cellar with Chris, uh, Chris Towers, but, uh, I believe I am beating the bejesus out of you. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, seven to two, you're winning right now. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, worry. It's not even close to over. Many, many things can happen. Everything is super close. Uh, Jonas Nader's one game behind me. Uh, Joe and Greg are three games behind me. Beat up. We, dude, that is really. We got a couple army members that are in the uh, top half of this, and yeah. Dr. A is four. It's it's so early in the season, but I have held down the uh, number one spot for two straight weeks here. What, so why don't you give us a quick little recap? What were the leaders in week two, and then how do the leaders overall, the season leaders, look? So uh, Dan, uh, Dan and Joe had a five thirteen field goal percentage, and that takes over the season lead for week two. Wow, uh, that's the highest we've had. I mean, a lot of these because week one was so short are going to be the highest uh, free throw percentage eight thirty eight for Steve Connell in week uh, two. Yeah, week two, but week one, uh, you're still leading in that. Joe Mitchell had 69 three-pointers. That is by far the most. Uh, Points, Dan and Joe, again, 623. That is another record setter. Uh, Jonas Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Nader had 252 rebounds, another record. You and Steve Connell both had 124 assists, new record. Uh, 54 steals for the Welsh, but Brewski's 55. Remember I said yeah. Brewski was by far and on the short week had the most. So he's at 55. That That is the lead, but you had 54 to take the lead this week. Uh, 41 blocks for uh, Jonas, 
also a new record, and 46 turnovers for Fency is not going to do it because Jonas only had 40 in week one. So, which I don't even know if we should be counting turnovers because yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's interesting a to look at, though. I, yeah. I think this is helpful, and if people are like, well, why do I need to hear that? Well, you know, I get a lot of questions of people that are like, what's the marker I should be looking for? What's a percentage I want? What's a field goal percentage I want? What are points in a given week? We are giving you the leaders in each category every week, and we're going to tell you the season leader at every category. That will create, and I, I suggest if, if this is important to you, write it down and, and keep this information because this is important stuff if you want a tangible number to associate with some of these categories, if you want to know how to win. Another interesting thing, though, is we had another person who won two categories and got their ass whooped. I whooped up on Dan, and they single hand they solely won points and field goal percentage, but they lost to me six to three. It's just another week where we've seen somebody take multiple categories, and that was just about all that they did. It's they did almost compete. arguing against being completely dominant. You know what I mean? That's it's, a great you gotta, point. A great point. You got to stretch your uh, your team thin. You want the stuff and things that we always talk about. The Welsh. that's a great point. Well, you and I, we got a couple matchups here. Uh, by the way, we're in two. Different matchups. I think we're in the Champions League. We're going up against each other. Uh, we're in the no halftime league going up against each other. Everybody wants smack talk, but I, I can know. see, by the way, uh, Balaban put up a, a poll on Facebook who's going to win our matchup in ah. the Champions League. And I can tell you who's getting Christmas cards and who isn't now. Oh, so. is who's leading the poll? Ah, well, of course you are because oh. you brag about it way more when you win than I do. Oh, okay. well, I don't you're, people... you're a bragger. I'm not a bragger. People, people like me sometimes. It's okay. It's okay, Bogman. Eh, eh, you'll probably win. You'll, you'll probably win the Champions League. I'm garbage in the Champions League right now. That's the, that's like the one that I'm not doing well in. But multiple matchups, so we'll give you updates on some smack talk. I do want to leave you with one last fun piece of stuff. Did you see that Justice Winslow was experiencing the haunting? He said in Oklahoma City he had to leave his room <laughs> because his room was haunted. The door slammed on itself. He had to go share a room with Goran Dragic and Tyler Johnson. And I believe Tyler Johnson said the sink turned on on its own. And those guys <laughs> ended up sharing a damn room together. I have, I've never had a ghost experience, but I did when uh, our buddy Couch and I were roommates. We lived in a place that used to be a retirement center. So it's now apartments. They just changed it. They, you know, gussied it up a little bit and changed it to apartments. But I mean, like, there it were like uh, emergency buttons you could hit that that uh, were on the wall. So like I had to like you know wrap up the cord for it and put it in the wall so I would quit stumbling across it, and turning my alarm off in the middle of the night. Uh, so like like old people stuff. And I never saw a ghost, but I would feel something really intense like right behind me, like that feeling you get when someone's staring at you. I'd get that on occasion. Never really creeped me out, though. I was okay with it. Nah, I don't like any of that stuff. It freaks me out. You know, I mean, you know, we could all be sitting there like, there was a, there was a ghost. There's ectoplasm. But I'm scared of like <laughs> real ghosts. This funny article also says NBA Hall of Famer Reggie Miller once said he placed a water bottle on a nightstand when he went to bed. When he woke up, it was moved in a completely another place. Heat forward James Johnson once had Derrick Rose as a roomie when Johnson was with the Bulls and said that Rose was too scared to stay alone and moved into Johnson's room, uh, saying that although Johnson, it, it was interesting that Rose chose the one teammate who had a second degree black belt. So that was funny. Uh, just thought we would share that with you. There's uh, no way. Like, I don't care if if we get separate rooms anywhere. I'm so happy. I, you know, look. 
I love my friends and everything, but I hate staying with them. Oh, yeah, no way. So if I get my own room and you see something creepy, don't come to my room. Go find somebody else. I'll be pissed. Oh, no, that's ectoplasm. That's a creepy thing in your room. There's yeah, no way yeah. that that's going on. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. There. Phoenix Riot Shield. Yeah, the, come well, in. Yuck. Yuck. All right, well, there you go. There's the episode. Thanks again to Aaron Bruski. Got more great episodes. You know it's coming. Going to hook you up with the fantasy basketball stuff. I am the Welsh on Twitter at Is It the Welsh? That is Scott Bogman on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.